together all natural again. Now. Okay, right. <laughs> Welcome to the first, first official, unofficial Outlaw Picks podcast. Outlawed. The Outlawed Picks podcast. The unofficial, official, but officially, officially outlawed. Official, officially outlawed. Unofficial to everything else. Official to being outlawed. It's been a couple of weeks. It's been, it has been a, <laughs> has been a couple of weeks. It has been a couple of weeks. It has been a couple of weeks. We have endeavoured to adapt and overcome. I've, absolutely, as we always do. Yeah, I feel. Absolutely. I feel liberated. I feel free. I feel exhilarated. I should have gotten fired a long time ago. <laughs> Amazing. So the Outlaw Picks podcast. Yeah, so we turned the ads back on, didn't we? We did. Because we were sponsorless last week. Sorry for, those for that. Couple of, uh, couple of shows and we recognise that it's pretty annoying when you're watching stuff and the ads come through every five minutes. So we're not going to do that again. And in the same thread... I can't believe you went the same joke again. We just tried to thread. record this. We were literally rolling for about 60 seconds and then it said the card was full. It was so such a good joke. Though. It was such a good Bill joke. Bill would have done it. Much better we would have done it. <laughs> yeah, but Bill, Bill Burr would have carried it off the second time around. Your delivery was off. Um, yeah, so look, we, we we want to turn the ads off. And to do that, we have been speaking to a couple of sponsors um, that are going to support us and allow us to bring as much content as we can on the channel to the channel for free because we don't want to put it behind a paywall, do we? We want to no. get it out there and we want to do as much as we can for for the guys that you know, subscribe to us, follow us, and love mixed martial arts. So, yeah, with that in mind, the first guys that have come to the table that want to um, support us is unboundmerino.com. So they have sent us through these beautiful merino um, T-shirts and hoodies, and they do socks and hats and all sorts of stuff, don't they? Sweatshirts. Um, they're a very, very cool company. Um, they they Good for lockdown because you can wear the same item of clothing for like a week over in a row and, over again. and it just I wore it on the boat it was amazing yeah. stuff and it's like it just doesn't it doesn't smell it doesn't get dirty it's like you know it's like good for your skin yeah, and stuff very cool and very comfy aren't they yeah, I mean I like it do you want to sort of tell the boat story a little bit because I mean we're at 10,000 new subscribers a month not everyone's going to have read true. Park Reptile are they no, no. so maybe there's a little it's way out know. of date now anyway yeah, I need to yeah. update it up. a lot's happened since then yeah well I'm actually I'm, I'm going to do that I'm going to read through one chapter at a time and just kind of elaborate on it anyway but um, well, I mean, the the boat race was it was twenty what twenty eight days at sea, and I went from London to Rio, um, and yeah, I had like four weeks of training for it and all that. It was it was a pretty Madness. intense experience. I'll go into it more when I do the when I go through the chapters of the book. But merino wool was something that we used on the boat because it's just so it's so hard wearing. It doesn't yeah. smell, and obviously when you're at sea for twenty eight days, I mean, yeah. I'll. I'll I washed a couple of times in seawater, <laughs> but you know you're not able to like wash your clothes and stuff. So it was it was just really really good quality stuff. And when they reached out, it you know yeah, it's a natural fit. So look, we're gonna we're gonna try and find some sponsors, but it's really important to us we pair with sponsors that are authentic to us, isn't it? We don't want to just sort of splash splash anyone on the channel. Like if we believe in it and we're happy to promote it and we genuinely genuinely do use it, then you know I think it'd be a good fit for us, yeah. won't it? Yeah. I have a new, uh, I have a new action figure, Anna Sow. I give these guys a shout out as well. They sent me a couple of these figurines the other day. He's been hanging outside while it's been snowing, but now he's come indoors. <laughs> I put him on the other side of the screen to the Space Marine though, because they're they're notoriously a bit dangerous. I've got Dan Henderson keeping, uh, yeah, keeping, keeping tabs me on safe. Him. Um, well, let's get into some some fighting stuff, shall we? Yeah. Let's talk about last weekend's card. I reckon we'll just... we'll just, just madness, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, we'll roll it into one show. We did two separate shows last week because obviously there was so much to talk about 
uh, with 259. Um, but we'll we'll, tr- we'll roll it into one. Obviously, if you prefer two separate shows, let us know. Um, but we've got something else that's coming in place of that other show. The 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 uh, couple of things the post, coming up. Yeah, couple, couple of things. Of things. Yeah, um, a couple of new shows coming up. We've got uh, UFC 260. Watch out for that. We'll be doing. Uh, we'll be we'll be streaming live alongside the fights. Uh, we've had a lot of requests for that, so we will be doing that. And then we've got a, a new post event, entirely combat sports show coming up very soon, which will be coming to the channel. So all of our It'll be fun to cover are, everything, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. Just a bit, bit of everything that's well, going on. We watch on everything, in the whole, don't we? It's um, always yeah. been a bit, you know, in the whole space. We're no longer restricted to the organisation, yeah. So we can continue, which right. we'll still cover, but we'll course, cover everything else, you know. Cover the shit out of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow. What a crazy card, man. 16 seconds into the card, we had we had a counter to the calf kick straight away. Yeah, there you go. Hashtag See, calf evolution's kick happening already. Love it. I love it. It's happening. And, and I mean, that is the solution, isn't it? It's one of the reasons why, you know, it's w- one of the reasons why you've got to get your head off the center line when you're throwing kicks. And unfortunately for the calf kick, you have to be so close to your opponent when you're throwing it yeah. that you, you are in punching range. But that's what happens, right? Something becomes very, very prevalent and then everyone starts looking at it and talking about it and then, the, you know, they find the solution and the only way to shut it down is with a counter that, you know, looks like that. Yeah. And um, I mean, wrestlers and, develop counters to guillotines and yeah. strikers develop counters Absolutely, to takedowns yeah. and, you know, Absolutely. everyone will develop counters to calf kicks. But there, there's, a, there's a few different ones that I think we're going to see, but uh, Semmelsberger nailed Jason Witt with one. That was just, just the perfect... Uh, like force meeting force at the same time wasn't it? he was rushing in and uh and yeah just he just let that hand that right hand go and yeah wow dropped yeah. him fast didn't he he did yeah there was the, the next two fights were good as well aldrich over casey and jinju frey over uh de Paula. very two cool good scraps good to see jinju frey get a win as well she's she's not looked herself really since she came over from invicta yeah man she's in shape isn't she, she yeah i've got shredded. like trap in from her. <laughs> but uh yeah, that was an aesthetically pleasing fight to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, they, uh, yeah, they were, yeah, they went, yeah, they went. I thought that the, the Paula sort of licked her up a little bit standing. Yeah. She, she's a classic. She's got two parts of the game that are really nice. The jiu-jitsu is really nice, and the striking seemed to be really nice. But the wrestling part in the middle, she just couldn't stop that from stop that from happening. Really, mm. could she? No, not really, not really. But then you know, you kind of you kind of bank in one way or the other. You're either going to utilize wrestling to grapple and ground and pound, or keep yourself standing, or you're going to go. Oh well, you can take me down, but I use submissions. And yeah, that's the thing is with Jinju Frey as well. She's like you said, she's like very physically imposing. Mm. So to where where a lot of female fighters would be working with other female fighters in the gym and be able to move them around, I think Jinju Frey's got a, a physicality that a lot of the females in that, especially at, at straw weight, they can't deal with it and not or they haven't dealt with it until they've got to that stage. In their career yeah um yeah yeah Impre- impressive um yeah athlete yeah, yeah very good very the, good. the next two fights jj aldrich courtney casey hack press was good against uh <sighs> what about uh, Rani yaya the way he just did i know he just did that's what he does in it it's you know i think Slick. we picked against him because we felt like uh he was being sort of set up to get a win but he just did what Ronnie does, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what he did. Well, he he, does. yeah, just... it was it, it was the it was the right opponent to get that yeah. victory on his record. And then yeah, as we movement is so fluid, isn't so it? He just slick. rolls everything. No matter what, no matter what his opponent's doing, he's he's just a 
split second ahead of him and yeah. he just moves and counters and moves and counters. He's a yeah, bit he's, of a he's a bit of a jujitsu throwback in a lot of ways, Rani Yaya is. Like there aren't many there aren't many fighters. I mean obviously Damian Meyer I would say is the other one. Mm. But Meyer worked hard on elevating his striking and his and his wrestling. Yeah, and, and, uh, yeah significantly didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Like Rani Yaya always looks I think he always looks uncomfortable unless he's grappling. Mm. And I, and that's mm. never ever changed all the way through his career. Yeah, just get it to the floor. <laughs> he's all good. Do you think did you think um, Aldrich won that fight? Mm, I'd have to go back and watch it's, it. It's pretty. It's pre- I thought it was, it was pretty close. I felt like it could have gone either yeah. way. And even even Casey's reaction, sort of, you know, you know, when you see someone react, you, you can sort of think what they're thinking mm-hmm. in their head. It was sort of like, oh, damn, I shouldn't have let that go to the yeah. decision. You know, you can never leave it in the judge's hands. And she was sort of annoyed with herself that she did that. Yeah. Because it, it was. She, she it has was, had a few know, of those fights, though, hasn't she, Courtney yeah. Casey? She's had a couple of fights where it, like, it could have gone her way. I mean, you look at that record. She's got, yeah, she's, look how many split decisions she's mm. got. She's got two split decision losses to Felice Herrig and Michelle Waterson. And then a split decision win over Angela Hill. Like, she, like, She's always on that precipice yeah, yeah. where she could win or lose a fight. I mean, she, you know, obviously the, the armbar against Barella was, was very good, but I can it, see why JJ won within yeah. the context of the rules. Yeah, I can see why JJ was awarded that. Yeah, you know that decision for sure. But I just didn't feel like she made a lot, did a lot of damage. You know, if it's I, just, I'll a, be honest. just a fight. Yeah, I mean, when I'm watching a fight though, if I'm watching the fights live, I'm I'm not. I'm not watching thinking, okay, this person is winning the fight. Sometimes I get to the end of the round and go, I'd say that was a mm. that was a ten nine or a ten eight to what to whoever. Yeah. But I'm I'm more focused, especially when the fights are live, I'm more focused on who's doing what to set up a finish. And then when the fight gets the distance, if it's a close one, mm. then I'll go back and watch it and I'll go, Okay, I'm now I'm scoring this. This is why yeah. I probably won't make a great judge because I'm always looking for who's setting up a finish yeah. instead of who's accumulating. Yeah, who's winning know. within the rule set. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, it was close. It was. I, I thought. It was, yeah, I thought it was pretty close. But um, did Air th- Jordan live up to his nickname? Yeah, oh, man, he's, <laughs> he's got wow. a name. Rojo, poor guy. Man, he, he ended up getting beat. It was it was really close to start with, right? I thought they were they almost mirrored each other mm. for a, a lot of the early part of that fight. Um, yeah, Air Jordan is very sharp, isn't he? He uses that he uses that um, rear leg kick the same way that you were saying Canelo uses his punches. That he's just landing them on the arms. He's just beating your arms up until your arms are you know your arms stop functioning. Yeah, and I thought he did he did that to Rojo a little bit. But yeah, you could just see it was competitive and then just gradually Rojo was just getting beaten up and landing and beaten up and landed on. And then he, you know, I think the pendulum really swung at the end of the second. Mm. It was almost, it was almost like, oh, okay, that's done now. And fair play. I mean, Rojo's a good fighter, right? Like, he's, yeah. like he'll figure, he'll definitely figure. He just, um, he was just, you know, half a step behind Jordan. Yeah. Be interesting to see what they do with Jordan now. He's, you know, they're, both of them are tough dudes and yeah. Yeah, he's getting, I mean, and especially at featherweight, you know, you look at the rest of the people in the division above him and you're talking the likes of Yaya Rodriguez and yeah. Zabit Magomed Sharapov, like Korean Zombie. Yeah. You know? Fun. A lot of fun. Calvin Cater. That'd yeah. be a hell of a oh, fight, you know? Beautiful. And obviously Cater's a few steps ahead of him still after yeah. that loss, but the, you can imagine you can imagine his style and his ability with some of the other guys at the top of that division. Tasty. He's definitely on his way. You I, see him a, use the fence to get into the guard <laughs> straight off the fence straight into guard you see that very often not very no um, oh mate you, you glossed over Hack Pratt 
Yeah. He is going to figure in that division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he seems like he... It's just such a deep division. That's the, that's my concern for him. He's young though, right? 23, yeah, he 24? Yeah, he, he is young. He feels like he strikes with the power of the weight class above him and he moves with the fluidity of the weight class below him. He's, um, yeah, he's tough, man. He's dangerous. Mm. And you know what, Rafa Garcia is—he's—he's he's a good fighter as yeah. well. He's yeah. a really good fighter. It, it was—it was a good win for him. This, the, the, I mean, the thing is, we're, so we're looking at two decisions now in his last two fights since it, since that loss to Doba. Mm. I, I, I want to see him start realizing his potential and his power. You're right; he's, he is young. He's 25. Um, but you, you've got to do something special in the lightweight division. Mm. Like if if he was if he was a middleweight or you know, uh, a bantam weight or something like that. I think he would be it'd be easier for him to to progress into the top ten, top fifteen. Yeah, but you've yeah. got to be stopping guys yeah. if you're outside the top fifteen. I mean, he's not yeah. he's not ranked at the moment, is he? No, it, yeah, I don't know. I, I like technically. Him I think, I think he got... looks good enough where he's gonna he's gonna find he's gonna find his groove, isn't mm. he? At some stage, you know, string three or four, you know, maybe get some finishes and yeah, know, be, that's be the thing though. It's it, like he needs he needs to get some finishes. I mean, what yeah. he's got uh, one stoppage in the UFC and four decisions, and the and the decisions have been impressive. You know, you look at the Jukasi one; he was mm. he was all over Jukasi, a very talented striker. Very, t- he's a very talented boxer. He's got good footwork. He understands how to take the octagon away from people, but it's it's that crossing over to realizing that, mm. like a lightweight, you kind of you've got to start a few people outside the top fifteen to get anybody's attention. Because, like you know, yeah. you know yourself, the top five don't want to fight the top fifteen. No, no interest. This, you just they don't don't want to open that door because you fall one place and you've fallen a long way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's hard to get back up in that division, yeah. isn't it? And then you've got to think. I mean, Doba was doing really well until he picked up that loss to Mahachev. So then that drops Doba down, which then further puts pressure on Hack Paras mm. dropping down the rankings. Great division. It's it's it's, but it's always been. I mean, ever since the UFC kind of reintroduced it. It's always been so deep, and every guy's yeah. been like the expectation of the competition level at lightweight is so much higher because, like, all lightweights are sitting on the outside looking in, thinking, Holy shit, like, these are the guys I'm competing against. I was thinking about that with a with a guy on this card. What's his name? Grant Dawson. Yeah, Very, I, know, I know we'll get onto this next weekend's card soon, but like, a really, really impressive fighter that's yeah. talented everywhere. And then I'm I'm thinking I'm him sitting outside the featherweight division, looking in, thinking I've got I've got you know distance to cover before I'm so I'm many competitive like, with these guys. Like even it's the bottom of the top fifteen in Evlov. Yeah. Like you got to get past him. Horrible. Like he, you could you could almost if the rest of the division didn't look like it looked like you you watch him fight, you think he's top five and he's down at fifteen. Yeah. It's a lot of work to do, isn't it? It's a it's a, a uphill lot of work battle in the snow with people throwing rocks at you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think I think Nazareth will do something. It's just we'll see, we'll see when. Mm. It's on him, really, isn't it? He's gonna have it to is. step up and do it. It is. Angela, Angela Hill looked good again, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. Yep. She's fine. I think she's finding a groove. She's just a bit sharper to everything. Yeah, just, just she's two and zero in that series now, yeah. isn't she? I mean. Again, there's like there's like a there's a group in that in that division. Angela Hill's there, where she, every time she's tried to make a run at the top ten, she's not quite made it. Yeah, I think we said that in the preview. Yeah. She just she just battles to get above that the, the elite in that division, mm. the true elite in the division. She battles yeah. a bit. 
I thought Amanda Hebas would be a nice matchup. That's next. a good shout. It'd be fun, fun mm. fight, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah. Or or Rodriguez, who just beat yeah. Hebas. Another good yeah. one. Um, She's very, I think I, I feel like Angela's really good. Um, entering and exiting the clinch when she's up when she's coming out of the out of the clinch off the off the wall mm. off the fence she seems to make, do some damage in that space yeah. yeah she's got some good skill there yeah she, I saw uh, the, the video of her warming up did you see with the with her, her boyfriend with all the padding on one leg she's no. practicing her calf kicks <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> she was nice. like stepping on whacking yeah. whacking the calf kicks and you could see even with all the padding it was hurting um, yeah, I, I just th- I think she's turned a corner ever since she added elbows to her game and like and re- realized the potential of her elbows because she it's given her a way to finish fights now mm. and it's given her a way to punish people when they are trying to clinch her which for the most part her the rest of her career it has been people trying to close her down and yeah. take her down. It's interesting. It some people just need to find that one part of their game that was missing, mm. ir- irrelevant of where it is really, and it, it it amplifies everything else in their game. Yeah, and they you know they finally got that that bit they needed. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see, you know, see where she it goes. It was a bit like for Anderson Silva, there was a point where all of a sudden his tie clinch was deadly. And 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 what was weird is it didn't, like it appeared in earlier fights, you know, like when he was fighting in Cage Rage and Pride and stuff, like you would see glimpses of the tie clinch. Yeah. But when, when he dominated Rich Franklin like, oh. twice... Oh. It was almost like he was realizing it's like, oh, I can, I can just oh. do what I want with these guys in this Uh-oh, position. Oh, you like, you like in yeah. trouble now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this just clicked. If you haven't seen the video of him messing around with his son, no, I haven't. And the, no. and the voice in his son's head is like, he's like just placed by him with his son, and like he just sort of like vaguely, vaguely gets him. He's like, oh, dad, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, lethal. I'm gonna check we're recording still. Yeah, we are. Oh god! Come on then, come on. Yeah. Explain, explain to me, explain to me this, this new. I've, well, had, I've had conversations that, with other everything officials. I said in the preview about Eric Anders. He basically didn't do. I thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought it was way. Better. I thought he looked in way better shape. Yeah, he, uh, he did. He looked trimmed yeah, down. Yeah, he looked really yeah. trim. And I, I don't know whether that contributed to it or not, but um, he didn't just go straight in and straight out with Darren. Now, whether he'd recognised that he was going to get in some trouble if he just went, you know, if he just went straight in and got caught with Darren's power. And you know maybe that's an adaptation he'd made, but I thought he I thought he looked much better than mm. he than he had looked. Fair, yeah, fair play. I, I think I think when you're a high level athlete, you've got you've always got the ability to look at sport as okay. This this is my endeavor. How do I get better yeah. at it? And, yeah, and problem I th- solvers. I think, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think you know you look at Darren Stewart and you can see obviously the problems that he poses. Like if you move at him, he's going to try and take your head off, mm. and and even with your guard up, he's going to be able to hit you and hurt you. And that's yeah. not something not something you want to tangle with. No, I mean that fight was going south pretty fast for it Darren, was. wasn't it? He got um, he got hurt significantly, and you know, obviously the way it ended was controversial to say the least. I mean, I don't want to reopen old wounds, but there's always confusion around <laughs> one person. It's just, it's just, I know. Do you know what I mean? Like you're paid, you're paid for accuracy. You, you, do you know what I mean? You're, prof, you're professionals. You're paid for t- to get rid of confusion. Yeah. Like you're almost better to make. Well, you're not. You're not even better to make the wrong call. You just got to make the right call. That's what you're there for. And there's always confusion in that in that always. unnamed space that we probably don't need to name. <laughs> and the doctor wasn't much better. No, but but then at the same time, like he was put in a position where, well, okay, two things. One, the doctor was put in a position where he had to call the fight. However, there should be a doctor there that has the confidence to stop a fight that if he feels it necessary. That was not a confident doctor. That was, was not it? a confident doctor. I swear doctor. I heard him say this. 
Darren, if your side of your head is hurting, I really think you've probably not fired. <laughs> Are you a doctor? <laughs> Sam, it's, it, it's sometimes you get these doctors. It shouldn't happen in Vegas, but sometimes you get doctors that don't even look like they've been to a fight before, yeah. and like they're overwhelmed by the whole thing. And we're, we're sort of making light of it, I suppose, and, and laughing about it because of you know what's happened in the past. But this ne- this needs to be right. It does. I, I, you know, we're not we're not um, making light of it in that sense. But like, we're, I'm, I'm it's not, just got to get right. It's, it's got to get be right. right. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not shitting on anybody specifically. Like I was watching a fight the, uh, the, um, today actually for uh, this weekend's card where Goddard stopped a uh, stopped a guillotine early, and he's not gonna like me saying that because <laughs> the thing is, I could see when there was when he was calling the decision, it was like he, he'd realized that he could have potentially you know left it a bit longer. And yeah. The guy might. I mean, the guy was you know gargling. Yeah. And shit. Anyway, I've gone off on a tangent. There was no way that was a that was a an uh, an incidental blow. There's there's no responsibility on the referee to tell the fighter that his opponent's down. That's the fighter's responsibility. Yeah. So in the week before, when it happened with Peter Yan, just because the referee said the fighter's down, that doesn't make the illegal blow any more illegal or less illegal if they don't do it. No. Like think Askar Askarov. Yeah. He's like he's like he's deaf. He can't. He wouldn't be able to hear the referee. Yeah, like it's it's not the it's not the referee's responsibility to tell the fighter that they're down. Second of all, he was kneeling down against the fence, and Anders was had his hand on his head, and he was holding him in that position when he needed him. And as soon as as soon as Herb steps in and broke it, like you just watch it back, the look that he gives Anders is like, dude, come on, like you know Again. that was an illegal shot. Yeah, it was like, like because he almost did it a bit earlier in the fight, and it hit Darren's arm. And Herb didn't warn him for it then, which, you know, maybe, you know, maybe was probably a good time to do it. You know, watch your knees, watch your striking targets. That that can't be a confusion, though. Like, not new rules, old rules, anything. No. A fighter with a knee down is a downed fighter, unless you're fighting in pride. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, the, that's the situation. Mate, I think I feel like we touched on it in the review of the PTN incident mm. in the... Anders was in fight mode. Yeah. He 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 was it, it's hard to tell because you know this is only my opinion of watching it but he was in fight mode and he was finishing that fight. He was fighting mm. another dude. I'm fighting another dude now. The the rules had gone amiss because he was in, you know, he was zoned in to finishing this fight. Yeah. And he, he threw a knee to finish a fight that he was in. Yeah, exactly. Like it it was intentional. It was intentional. You don't <laughs> throw it. You, you don't throw it. So, uh, like, and the, the, so there's some confusion around. You know, it, like, how could a knee to the head be incidental? Yeah. So, like, think for example, someone's level changing, and as their level changing, their opponent yeah. throws a knee, and as the knee connects, their opponent's knee's already down. Yeah. Like that's an incidental knee because they didn't throw it when the person's knee was down. Yeah. But when you're holding someone against the fence and they've been down for a little while. There's, there's no way that's an incidental knee. No, I don't, I don't get it. And I don't get why there is confusion. I, I don't get why there's confusion by professionals. I, I, I know, I know. I don't, I don't know what I don't to say, it. really. And, 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 you know, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, I mean, obviously it didn't work out terribly for either guy because neither one got the, got the win. Um, but Darren didn't get his win bonus. And I don't know whether Eric Anders would have got one either, but you know what I mean? Like there's a yeah. financial implication yeah. there as well from the bad call. Because yeah. it, it, you know, it was a disqualification. It's an illegal knee to a and, down and, fighter. And I mean, look, I think the fight was going 
similarly to last week, I think the fight was going a certain yeah, way, and I was... can't imagine how how Darren was going to come back from that. And I think even in the post, some of his post fight comments, you know, he was sort of questioning what he, what do I do now? Because mm. I think he knows he was he was losing that fight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's just, well, that's the reality. I mean, Eric Anders did look really good. He mm. was winning the fight. Had he not thrown that knee and thrown a few more punches, he would have probably got the fight stopped. I think so. And you know, so. and he would have got the win. The the downside is though that that's not the precedent is not set that you just don't knee an opponent when they've got a knee down. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. got to be that's got to be clear. That's got to be clear to everybody. It's the same same thing with the with the eye pokes. Obviously, we'll get onto that, but like that's that's not spoken about enough. And the the solution the solution in that is to fix the gloves. Like I, you you know my glove collection. I've got a set from every single major organization. Yeah. And the UFC glove is the only one that pulls your hand open when you're yeah. wearing it. And yeah. I, I've never understood it. And and the other thing as well, you arrive fight week, you're trying your gloves on like Tuesday or Wednesday with no hand wraps on, and you're like, yep, yep, they feel all right. They feel yeah. all right. I wear a medium, put those gloves away. They bring those those gloves to the arena. And once I've got my hand wraps, they give the gloves. And I put them on, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I remember, see, I remember walking to the it. octagon. Yeah, they got to fix it. I remember walking to the octagon and I had I had pins and needles in my fingers from closing my fists. Yeah. Doesn't exactly they, encourage no, you to keep a fist in the fight, does it? I was working out no. with the rising gloves on the other day and like they like you have to make an effort to work against the glove to open your hand. So do you, do you think... Yeah, right. So obviously, you're sort of answering my question. Do you think if they reset the glove to much more of a curve for the striking, it would have a significant impact on your grappling? Significant? No, no not, not negative. No, because if you because like like you, if you need to do that, you yeah. can. But we're but hooking, you're preset, a, you know, we're hooking a yeah. lot and, and, and capping a lot in grappling anyway. You, your preset should never ever be palms open mm. unless you're posting and, and building frames. But even if you're doing that, you can work against the gloves in that scenario. Yeah. You spend far less time in this position than you do in this yeah. position. So they should be shaped. And, you know, like you said, most of the time you're hooking. So, like, you, you're not forcing your fingers open. Yeah. I, I don't see... and you know, I feel like it would get tied up really quick if your relaxed reset position was with a curve in your mm. hand. It's, you know, we're just not going to see that problem. No. You would have to work against the glove to then hyper, even if you were, you know, yeah. even if you were sort of traditional Thai style you're, yeah you're gonna be all right I, I was chatting with the I, I was chatting with a few people about it and the, the different types of gloves and I've said this over years and I know a lot of other people have spoken out about it as well like the, the UFC gloves are a big part of the problem and they, mm. they could be fixed and they do need to be and I think if you look at like say say IMAF for example you look at the IMAF gloves and they've got a clear curve to them and over a, a you know like over a tournament they have maybe 500 fights and like the last one, I think there was one bad yeah. eye poke. I, I mean, I wonder if you canvassed all of the organisations and you had a look at which fights are stopped by eye pokes, mm. you know, what the stats would be. But even thinking back to like to Pride, I don't remember eye pokes in Pride. Mm. I remember a lot of other stuff that should have been illegal, but <laughs> I don't remember any eye Definitely pokes. Definitely encouraged. Yeah, right? Yeah. I don't remember any eye pokes in Pride and they, they had gloves that had the curve in them as well. Yeah. It's got to be a preset. Anyway. You know, I, I'm... I'm I suppose I'm surprised in some ways, you know, the the organisation in question should be at the forefront of making these th- making these changes. You know, I just I wonder what the size of it. I wonder if that is a such a huge undertaking. They're consciously not looking at it yet. But I, I, you I know, know. I, f- I feel like when when main events are, are, are getting 
altered the way they are, it would just stimulate that company to do something about For it sure. pretty fast. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you've got, you know, three guys in the booth and five eyes between them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Bisping, Bisping will take his eye out and throw it on the table in front of yeah. you to prove his prove his case. Man, he's been through the ring of marketing. I know. Knees, hips, yeah. eyes. All of it. Everything. He's the bionic man. Yeah, he's the bionic much. Bisping. That's the price. <laughs> You know, that's the price for professional sport, I think, to yeah, some degree, isn't it? I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, you were right, again. About You what? and V were right. Nicolau. Yeah. Special, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's good. He's good. Sharp. Yeah. Slick. Very slick. Yeah. And that's a good win as well, because Caps, like, he's had two rough fights mm. in the UFC now. And obviously, the, the previous one against Pantoja was like, oh, well, that's, that is a rough fight. Mm-hmm. But Nicolau coming in largely unknown to a lot of people. That's, I mean, it was a close fight. Mm. It was a very close fight. You could, you know, you could make an argument either way. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you know. It, I, I, I just, I thought it was, I just thought it was sharper. I thought he was, he was just generally a bit, a bit less trajectory based. Mm. Like caps. Lungy. Less, <sighs> yeah. And there's yeah. a build up and a surge to his yeah. style, which with Nikolai you don't get. And you, you can tell how considered he is as well. Mm. He's got. A, I don't. I don't know the correct terminology for it. Um, but he's got a really nice uh, sort of fade off his jab. So he'll jab and he'll fade yeah. to the right, and they'll pivot. And he's in that. He's in that Bermuda Triangle where you just can't see anyone. The most. The, the most scary place in the world. <laughs> Somebody stood yeah. here trying to punch you. Yeah. Um, when you've been flanked. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But he's got a really, really nice. Um, almost like a. It sort of funnels off and then mm. cut, cuts an angle. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, David Grant, Jonathan Martinez was a hell of a I said to you earlier, didn't I? Like, how can you not like David Grant? Yeah. He's like the nicest guy in MMA, pretty much, isn't he? And he had a lovely little step through as well. Yeah. Yeah. Bam, to pull his yeah. right hook around. Yeah. And Danny Gay is just, you know, he's always one of those guys that doesn't, he doesn't speak up enough. He's not controversial enough. He's consistent and he's smart and he's mm. that that's why you have to strike with the head on the midline you know? mm. like we've got you know we've got um an ex english english representative up at the gym um josh hamilton mma and uh all this which is all he talked about he just never strikes with his head on the midline he's faint he faints and strikes with his head off the midline and this mm. he's just obsessed about it and that's you know that's why because <laughs> otherwise that you know i don't think we've seen that I don't think this is a power thing for me, Gay. Like, I don't think we've seen that power from him before, have we? Which makes me think it's not just a... Me- look, he's a mechanical power freak. No. It's just, it was just beautiful timing. I, I, yeah, that's it. I, I just think he's technically very good. I, yeah. I, think, I think technically he's very good. And I think sometimes the times that he struggles is when he's... Like the Cater fight. The reason I think he struggled in that fight is because Cater brings a fury that doesn't let him think. Mm. And I think Ige is a little bit a little bit over analytical sometimes when he's under that kind of surging pressure that is, it's more about, Oh, let me deal with what's in front of me. And then I'll yeah. start thinking about my own offense. He's not as reactive, mm. but I, I thought, you see that, that knockout I, f- I felt was less reactive and more calculated. I, I don't think he uh, necessarily, really? yeah, I do. Okay. I thought I it wasn't, I thought what I was going to say is maybe he wasn't overthinking it and it was so reactionary and that's why it sort of came off. He wasn't thinking about placing it. It was just a, it was just an, a, a reaction. But, yeah. And no, I, th- I think you, I think you saw it. I think yeah. there was a boxer I was watching the other day. Um, I think he might've been a, a Korean boxer and I was watching, he was doing a pad sequence where he was, he was watching, he's a pad man throw a jab and he was recognizing 
the jab was coming out and then catch him with a counter. Mm. And and his intention was as as he saw the jab, he was slipping and countering what was going to be the right hand to follow. And honestly, like he nailed it. I mean, he, he did it a few times on the pad, but then it showed a clip of him doing it in a fight. And it's like they've spotted an opportunity and they train the reaction to like, I'm going to recognize this punch coming and I'm countering the one I know is coming next. Beautiful. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was yeah. like, it, it just, it felt to me like he sat down and he looked at it and he'd gone, oh, I see there's an, there's an opening right there. When he does that thing, his chin's right in that spot. Yeah. And he, and yeah. he just, he just uncorks it perfectly. That's like going Same as Masvidal with Askren. Mm. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, see, can we just note that because it's not always me. <laughs> we'll we'll timestamp it. <laughs> yeah. Dan interrupts Ollie. <laughs> Revenge cut off. <laughs> um, I mean, like, even from our slightly different perspectives, is going back to the power issue. The power issue from a physical performance coaching point of view, it's our responsibility to grow that pool of power. Like you, you have more access to more power, mm. and then it's the technical and tactical coaches. Um, responsibility to make sure you use that power accurately and impose that power at the right time mm. and that that's always the that's always the relationship that i would talk about is that look we're we're building the engine or we're building the power the horsepower you know but you still got to apply it right otherwise it's just wasted horsepower yeah you know? it's like i'm a ferrari with a toddler driving it <laughs> there's a lot of power but you can't you know you can't drive it yeah i thought his call out of uh chan sun young was yeah. Beautiful. It, yeah. it, it makes was, a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. He, but he's still polite doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but... Yeah. It's still... It, it's a bit like, oh, like, forgive me for, you know, making this call out. It's like, funny, the minute, like, maybe that's him, though. Like, yeah, why, why but, can't you just yeah. be you? Do you know what I mean? Like... i tell you why. i tell you why Otherwise, you're Colby and... No, it's because yeah. the thing is, it like, if, like, if someone's like... Like, think back to Nate Diaz calling out McGregor. If he'd have called out McGregor the same way that Ige called out... Korean yeah, but that's zombie. pretty much Nate, though. Nate, that's, but that's Nate being thing. Nate. But, that, but there's a reason why people like that. Yeah. And people don't gravitate towards a, a weaker call-out. Yeah. It's because you hear Nate and you're like, that motherfucker knows yeah. he's going to win. He knows yeah. he's going to win. Yeah. I want to watch that fight because of how confident he is. Yeah. Whereas if Nate's like, uh, I'd quite like a fight against Connor because, you know, I feel like he's kind of taking... So kind. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like people are going, oh, he, he don't even think he's going to win himself. He yeah, wants no, the payday. And we've talked about the, the apex of entertainment yeah. sport and you you know that's that's where you're at. Subconsciously the fans are they're they're they looking a story, for a they? tribal leader. That's yeah. what they're investing in. Definitely. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like when yeah, you yeah. see Nate Diaz getting the ca- camera, like, you've taken everything I work for, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm gonna fight your ass. You're like I'm I'm, yeah. I'm behind him. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, I'm, I'm with you. I'm yeah. On. Yeah. Yeah, two hundred nine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I think I was from there. Yeah, <laughs> like I tell you his name. He kept out his mouth. He didn't mention Zabit, did he? No, <laughs> no, no one mentioned Zabit. No, no way. No. Yeah. You, the the next person to fight Zabit has got to push for five rounds. Yeah, that, that's his get out at the moment. He's he's not he's not taking those five round fights. Like when he fought Cater, hmm. um, was at some Moscow, St Petersburg. That that was a fight that was main event. It was bumped up to main event. It should have been over five rounds, but the, but the Zibit team didn't want it because they'd not had time to prepare. And you know that, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. okay. But but the interesting thing was if you watch the fight play out, like Cater is a slow starter, yeah, which is why I thought his fight against Holloway would be more competitive and you know made Holloway's win even more impressive because mm-hmm. he started at a pace and then escalated it. Oh, Whereas like Cater in the Zibit fight in that third round was starting to come on strong and to beat in a few times has looked like he's like he's it's very uncharacteristic he's, of that demographic of 
of fighters. It, it is, it? but I think that's partly down to his weight. Yeah. I, I mean, like, you speak to his coaches and his teammates and they're like, at welterweight in the gym, he's a murderer. Mm. Like, he beats everybody. Walks onto the mats at 175 and he's lighting people up. Like, and he's fighting at featherweight. Like, maybe maybe the best weight yeah, class insane, for his cardio man. is 155. Yeah. Like, well, you can speak to that better than I can. Like, there's got to be, there's got to be something, a, a negative cardiac impact if you're forcing yourself down to a weight class that's not healthy. Absolutely. And I just don't, you, I mean, you do see people do those cuts and they do just about manage to recover fully and, you know, perform. But it's a hell of a, you know, it's a hell of a stressor on a human organism. The amount of sort of cortisol that was released under that amount of pressure, you just very rarely you're going to perform to your to your optimum. Is there, is there something to be said for a level of body fat on a fighter and how that complements to their conditioning? I, like a small level, because he's very, very lean as well. Yeah, but I, I would think that genetic, it would just be, genetics would probably override that a little bit. Right. I think, I can't, Im- I can't imagine any physiological benefit in terms of you wouldn't necessarily be accessing that for energy because the, the fights aren't, you know, long enough. You wouldn't. That doesn't change over 25 minutes. Yeah, because it's never it's never on or off. It's it's a sliding scale. But I wouldn't think you know mm. I wouldn't think significantly enough. Um, it's a carbohydrate based sport, fuel sport. Um, I I wonder. I I don't think there'll be anything there in terms of sort of padding up. But there would be something in terms of weight, having more weight when you got back in there. Mm. But yeah, I think genetics probably overrides ev- yeah. everything really. I just it, sometimes you see those fighters and they that like they they. Get themselves down. Well, there's one on this on this weekend's card, Leo Santos. Like when I went, when I was after the boat race, actually, funnily mm. enough, uh, I went went over to Nova and Yao, and I I didn't recognize him because he was so big, right? And he's a 55er, and he's like so, so that that's I think that's di- that's slightly different to what we're, what we're saying though. That there's definitely a physiological benefit for not going from that size to absolutely ripped to the hills, yeah, because of the cost on your body to do that. Yeah. But if, if you're talking about, is it just better for me to just have a at my weight, have a little bit of body fat? I don't, not, not necessarily but sure. That's what I'm, but that's Process what I'm saying. Process is, is, like, I think, I think Zabit's natural weight is around yeah. 175. Yeah. And he's probably pretty lean at 175. Yeah. Which means that he's not, how much energy you'd have in camp and not having to do all of that. All of that. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, we cycle around on this. Like, I, th- yeah. like I, th- I think he, I think at 155, he would look much mm. better, much healthier. He'd look stronger. He'd yeah. have good gas for five rounds. Because I, I don't think it's a, it's not a preparation thing. It's not a, it's not a work, yeah. hard work, you know. He not might doing be running enough. out of glycogen, you know what I mean? To, to do that cut, to get him, to, to deplete himself to the point where he's getting there, he might just not be able to replenish his glycogen See, stores to I, the I knew I was on to that something. Level. <laughs> I knew I was on something. But yeah, I didn't have the know, glycogen word to throw in there. But do yeah. we do we want to be too much adenosine diphosphate in his system? <laughs> Ollie, no, is that what it needs? You need a bit of creatine phosphorus floating around to bind itself and get it back into the muscles. Oh man, you're a eh? you're a it's yeah, an aerobic a sport, sport, isn't it? You know, well, yeah, based based on aerobic sport, <laughs> heavy base. Um, how did we get to there? Uh, I don't know, yeah. E-gain, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. a lot of people would take that fight against Zabi over five rounds. Mm. I think the top of the division would look at him and go, like, I, I mean, you've, you've got to get through those hellish two rounds because he is, I mean, he's a wizard in those first mm. two rounds. And I also think that he's, like, his style is, 
it must be taxing on his cardiovascular system, especially his glycogen stores yeah. if he's so explosive. But, but uh, you know, even if I think about if I was his in his camp, like what are we saying? Are you going to do this forever? You're always going to be in this weight class. Are you going to be able to do that forever? It doesn't mm. seem to be any longevity in it. Yeah, what, what are you going to do? Even if you could get up and be the champ, you know, you're going to have to leave that weight class at some stage. Maybe. Should you do that now and save your save your mental and physical health? I mean, I think so, I think some fighters they spend the majority of their career at a particular weight, mm. and then when they get to the UFC, it also coincides with them getting older and maybe yeah. stepping up a weight class. Like Darren Till's a good example. Yeah, like Darren Till came into the UFC at welterweight fully with the intention of winning the belt at one seventy and then going up to one eighty five, but he knew his time at one seventy was going to run Limited, out. Yeah, so it was like, okay, well, let me just keep myself in this weight class and get to the belt as quickly as possible, which he did, and mm. he just you know wasn't able to get it. But that you can see that was his plan, mm. and and you know it might be the same with Zabit. Like he might have come in, especially with you know with the likes of Khabib and stuff at the top. Like he might just not have wanted to be in conflict with those guys. Yeah. He might have been waiting for his opportunity to step up after. But coming in at one forty five, I bet his thought process was let's go for the belt right now and then get out, and then we'll move on. Yeah, because he yeah he is. I mean he's six two and he's just not. <laughs> he's physiologically he's not he's, he's too big for the division I think too big for his frame's too big for the weight class mm. we'll see yeah we'll see what, I hope he I hope he does it that weight class is sooner rather than later though I mean I've just been saying that the lightweight division's always been the most competitive and it is with Gillespie being at number 15 but look at look at that featherweight ranking Evluev Barbosa Bryce Mitchell <laughs> Shane Burgos Arnold Allen Sadiq Youssef Dan Ige Jeremy Stevens, Josh Emmett, Calvin Cater, Korean Zombie, Rodriguez, Magomed Sharapov, Ortega, Holloway, and then Volkanovski. Is there anyone the else that you don't say their name, but you call them by their nickname? No. Well, the, <laughs> there's nobody that there are. Well, there are very few fighters that have been that are written into the 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 organization's graphics as their nickname. as their nickname. Yeah. Shogun. Right. Like most of the Makes time, sense. they wouldn't write Mauricio Hua, they'd write Shogun yeah. Hua. But Korean Zombie is one of the only ones. Yeah. For Amazing. sure. Chan Sung Jun. Yeah. It is odd. It's not like a difficult name either. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> well, they've branded him for him himself. So <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. Got a full on but now he's locked into that fighting style. Yeah. So he's, he's always got yeah. to. He's always got to fight like that. Oh man, the Serkinov span fight. You know when there's no crowd mm. and you can hear the punches. What, like whirring through the air. Yeah. There's a lot of power in those two boys. It was like a heavyweight yeah. bout, wasn't it? Yeah. Um yeah, look. Same same thing as I was talking about. Like it like Serkinov is vulnerable early. Mm. Early. First ninety seconds. I mean just like look at that for consistency. Yeah, I don't like what is it? So I mean we're talking the losses. We've got minute eleven for against Span, thirty eight against Johnny Walker. 245 against Glover Teixeira, but he's older, so he works a bit slower. And then 28 seconds against uh, Özdemir. Yeah, I mean, I wonder I wonder what that is. I wonder if that's a, a psychological intervention that needs to be sort of made there. I wonder if his prep to um, fight day prep is good enough. I don't, I don't know, without look, peeking behind the curtain, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know, but... Um... I'd give him a game plan to get him to the stool at the end of the first round. Mm. That'd be my goal. Then, if I was yeah. his coach, I'd be like, right, yeah. this is what we're doing for the first yeah. round. There there are no finishing tactics in this first round. 
It's about measuring, managing, mm. controlling, and predicting. Like understand what you're dealing with. Come back at the end of the first round, see what you stole, and then we'll decide which one. He's got skills. He's, he has Everywhere. got yeah, yeah. He's got some. He has got some nice skills. I don't know whether he starts too fast, and maybe that's because he's a bit anxious. Well, it was funny on the last podcast. You said I said something about. I'm going to say this respectfully. You mentioned his. You mentioned don't say anything about his wife. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I didn't get that reference. So I googled it afterwards, and she's like, obviously she's gorgeous. And he stood there, ripped to the hill with a knife. With a knife. Just stood <laughs> I, dare like yeah. I dare you say something. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I understand now. Yeah. I get you. He's like a um, character out of a Bond movie. I yeah. sat next to him at a UFC once. He's got the, the bottom teeth are all silver. Nice. It's a, it's a strong look. I need, yeah. some, I need some silver big, teeth to go big with Big unit, my... isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. So Span called out uh, Jimmy Crew or Anthony Smith. Didn't yeah. He? Yeah, I think they're they're both really, really cool fights. Yeah. Well, it's um, the winner, isn't it? I mean, they're, they're matched up very soon. Yeah. Which is uh, a hell of a fight. And I mean, I don't know if they're re- remaking uh, Jamal Hill and... Paul Craig, but Paul Craig would be a fun fight. Mm. That'd be a good match, I mm. think. Yeah, Paul Craig's inside the rankings now, isn't he? Just a thing. So, uh, yeah, fourteen. Yeah, and Ryan Spann's just above him. Yeah, you know. Although that's got to change. That's got to change. But well, they wouldn't have done it. But they do it. They're well, doing it today. Yeah, they'll they? be doing it today. We're up a bit earlier. So that's so Ryan Spann may even jump above Jimmy Crew, mm. which may be provocative. Mm. You know, you got Krilov as well, just a little bit higher up. Yeah. That's coming off that loss to uh, yeah Ankalaev. Yeah, he's um there's, there's man, he's he's a. I don't know whether he'll end up being the gatekeeper there or to the top five or not. But yeah, that's horrible gatekeeper. Who Krilov? Krilov, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. is. He is very good. So, yet more controversy in the main event. Of course. Just, just frustrating, wasn't it? I think for everyone, viewers, Dude, the, the organisation. The Muhammad was making when he got yeah. points in the eye. Mate, it was like, I, he ain't I, faking that, is he? No. I, and, and I couldn't, and after seeing the photos as well, it yeah. was like like a cartoon, wasn't it? His eyelid it's was... Quite, it was a, a bit, little bit of a different eye poke to usual. It wasn't, it wasn't like, it was, it it was, was a hook. Almost, yeah, hooked yeah. under his eyelid. It's like he's going to like wedgie him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like pull his eyelid over his... Nasty. Yeah, it was bad. You know, you know, it was... You couldn't tell whether he was screaming because he was in pain or because of the situation. Yeah, I think the situation think got to him quite a bit, wasn't yeah. it? Like, this is his big, you know, this is his chance, his yeah. showcase, and this is not the way, he, you know, no doubt he would have visualised how this how this was going to go and he would never have thought this was the way it was going to go. No. But he, um, he, 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 I think he knew immediately yeah. that he wasn't going to be able to yeah. continue. Because, like, his yeah. emotional response, although obviously it was incredibly painful... The, the adrenaline that you're going through in that moment. like I don't think that was a pain thing. I don't think it was, no. I think it was just the realisation that I cannot see out of this eye anymore. Yeah. And it was the end. Like, yeah. it was clearly the end. Yeah. I mean, Leon's winning that fight. Yeah, he was. I, I, you know, I think we said in the preview, people have forgotten about Leon. Yeah. And I think to some degree, I'd forgotten about him because... He's sharp mm. and he punches hard and straight and he moves beautifully. He's got he's got a lovely way that he flows through stances with his striking, better yeah. better than you see pretty much anywhere else. He he landed that head kick and it was you know he's very very good. Very he's, there's very, no very doubt good. about it. He's very good and unfortunately he didn't get a conclusive finish to that. He's not going to want to run it back with Bilal Mohammed and still no one is going to want to fight him. No, well, because the, everyone can see how good he is, and it's sort of, I get it. Like, would I have, would I have called for a title shot after that? Probably not. No, it's probably not the right move. 
But I understand there's a lot of frustration behind. He probably never wanted to fight Bilal. No, he didn't. No. You know, do you know what I mean? It was like, I don't, I don't want to do and this I fight, but I want to fight. Exactly. And I think that's why Bilal had the reaction that he did is because he realised that... He's he, not going to get he, his chance again. Exactly. Yeah. It was an opportunity to yeah. jump right up the rankings in a way that would have changed the rest of his career. I mean, he's ranked number 13. He was fighting 10 places above him at number three. Yeah, it doesn't happen, does it? It, it just, it doesn't. And, and I think, I think net and... I think obviously there was a lot of emotion going into the fight as well. You know, what with his dad's uh, business getting you know yeah, ransacked yeah, and yeah. shut down. Um, I think I think he he felt in his mind a lot was hinging on it, but at the same time, I also think he was aware that the first couple of three rounds he was gonna have to really go through some you know some fire. So the, Leon's the just fight, sharper than him. He was, He's but just the fight sharper, might have been going the way that Bilal expected it to. Yeah, maybe. maybe. You know? He's so got a hell of a gas tank. He, he might have been banking on the f- third, it and, Yeah, 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 true, true. And, and you know, we've seen enough fights where you should never predict the outcomes to, you know, live because mm. anything, you know, literally anything can happen. Yeah. Um, he's, but, got, he's got to know. look up the rankings now. He's got to get someone... That's going to make a difference in his in his career. I feel like they'll probably look after him, won't they? They'll, I, I they'll give him. So. They'll give him. I'm not sure they'll give him Leon again, but they'll <sighs> give him someone maybe around five to ten, maybe. Yeah, but, but, I, but I'm looking at the rankings. Like, who would fight him? Like Co- Covington, absolutely not. Gilbert Burns may be able to be talked into it, but he'd fight wouldn't. him. I reckon. You reckon? I reckon. He'd I think that'd him. be a hell of a fight, Gilbert yeah. Burns. But I also think Tyron Woodley would be a good fight for yeah. him, who's only a Agreed. few above, and. And if you're Bilal Mohammed and you look at someone like Tyron Woodley who likes to fight with his back up against the fence and pick his shots and bide his time, someone like Bilal Mohammed who's like a like a like a glacier. Ah, yeah. 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 Like just, just slowly crawls over you. I think that's I think that'd be a good fight for him. Kiesa's on the rise, so it's he's some, not gonna yeah. want to be looking behind nah. him. He wants somebody above. It's good, it's a, I'd like that fight, but yeah. it, Kiesa's not taking that. For sure. No way. Wonderboy will push for the Leon Edwards fight because yeah. that's two places above him and he's going to not want to fight Bilal Muhammad. Especially because Wonderboy's, what, late 30s now. Yeah. Like He's got to start thinking about making moves. It's like our age. <laughs> yeah. You say that like we're old. <laughs> but he's like, he's he's going to be looking up the rankings because he's not going to want more than sort of three fights before he gets a title shot. Mm. So that's why that's why that the outburst from I like that Tyron fight works that doesn't yeah. it yeah I think so I don't know what's I think going Tyron what... would you think Tyron would take that I mean he might he might but then I don't know I don't know mm, he's not see. won since he released that whoop your ass song or whatever yeah. it was called he, he didn't it? win with that either he <laughs> well, I mean like, you never know financially he might have won I don't, but, I don't, I don't think but, he did yeah. I don't think he did <laughs> you know. If Cash Me Outside can make money, <laughs> even he can make money. <laughs> yeah, frustrated, just a frustrating night, wasn't it? it? Was. I enjoyed, I enjoyed some of the fights immensely, but um, I think overall, I think everyone was just like, "Oh man, I can't believe yeah. this is happening." Yeah, two weeks in a row. Yeah, it was, it was pretty frustrating. Yeah, right. all good. Yeah, I'm just checking the recording. We're at fifty odd minutes. I reckon we'll just keep rolling, shall we? Yeah. So if you do want to support um, our new sponsors, if you have a look in the comment section below, there'll be a link. And if you put the outlaw in at the checkout, you will get 15% off um, your purchases. And we can genuinely vouch for their very, very nice um, gear and a very cool company. Yes. Cool, cool guys to deal with. And um, yeah, support if you can. Appreciate right. It. Right. The pick show. This weekend's uh, 
<clears throat> this weekend's uh, Derek Brunson v uh, Kevin Holland main event. Uh, main well, fight uh, headline yes, fight night. Uh, loads of good fights on this card. Oh. Um, as we always say, yes, yeah. that's kind of what <laughs> yeah, we do. There we'll are good fights because we do card. that every week. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh this is going to be a good one. Yeah. I'm 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 excited I'm excited to see Kevin Holland. I think the co-main mm. event is potentially going to steal the show. Man. Um but some really really good matchups all the way down the card. I mentioned Grant uh, Grant Dawson and Leo Santos earlier as well. But there's a lot to get into. I mean, well, first of all, we've got a husband and wife fighting on the card, haven't we? Yeah. JP and I, I don't know how is this that is possible is. anywhere else in the organization. I don't know. Maybe the- has it happened anywhere else? I don't know. I know that we've got a husband and wife. Um, oh, she fought the other week. Montana De La Rosa. Right. Her and her husband, Mark De La Rosa, are both signed, but I don't, they've ever fought in the same car. No. So that's got to be a interesting. Yeah, it's like it's like a second honeymoon yeah. for them at the apex. <laughs> uh, so that, well, that's JP Bay's against Bruno Silva kicking off the card. Bruno Silva was on that card that that V fought on in. Um, uh, Brasilia showed up with these big spiky sunglasses on that looked like he was gonna hurt somebody. Oh, I thought he meant like Elton John then. No, <laughs> which way you're going? Dude, no, he had he had like he had these. Uh, you'll probably be wearing them at the weigh-ins. Big old sunglasses with spikes all the way around them, like right. studs. You know, cool. like something off uh, off the Van Damme movie Cyborg. Nice. For the hardcore MMA martial arts fans out there, <laughs> he he's had a couple of really hard opponents. First of all, he had David Dvorak, who I very much enjoyed his UFC debut. I think he's incredibly talented. And then um, that last fight against Dulan Bekov showed good things, but fights like a guy that's got longer arms than he actually has. You know what I mean? A bit short <laughs> yeah. shirk, a bit like punches a lot of air yeah. or gets too close to his opponent and you know doesn't give himself enough space. Really good low kicks, though. And I mean, Ulan Bekov took the kicks really well, and that was a, a really problematic fight for him. But he's got the intention to be problematic, mm. to really be aggressive. And, and you know, JP Byers is the same. I mean, what's he got? A, yeah, he's got more of a, um, more of a, a takedown top control game. But that was the controversial guillotine stoppage. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, because it it was like he'd been. He was all over. He was. Oh, what was his opponent's name? Uh, Jacob Silver. <clears throat> he was all over him, and he had ended up having him in this guillotine. They were right crammed up into the fence corner. Um, that it was like last ten seconds of this of the first round, and I watched it back a few times. I was trying to figure out what in his body posture had given Goddard the impression that he was out, and you can kind of see it like he like he stands up on his tiptoes to drive his head further mm. into the guillotine to alleviate the pressure. And he does kind of lose his footing, and there's a but there's a replay on it where you can kind of hear right at the very start of the replay you can hear him breathing, and you can kind of hear him going, <laughs> you know what I mean, like yeah. he was struggling. And I don't know whether Goddard thought that he was unconscious and that you know, jumped in and stopped it there, but I, it was it was an early stoppage, and and I think I think Goddard will have been uh, it, it will have been disappointed he didn't let that one go a I mean, bit longer. The thing I the thing I like about Mark is he'd probably admit that anyway. Oh yeah, like he's sure. not going to hide behind it. Oh, I'm going to oh, shit talk him yeah. this week when I see him. A cage warrior. <laughs> I'm going to make sure he knows about it because it's very it's very rare that I get to call him out on something. Yeah, it it was unfortunate, but um, JP Bays was all over him. Hmm. He was all over him, like manhandling him, good body locks, good good takedowns. You know, top pressure, top control, sub attacks. Um, 
this is going to be much more about him trying to get the fight to the floor and Bruno Santos might have a bit more striking space in this one. Right. Um, good place to start the card off, though. Hmm. Um, hang on a minute, what's the next one? Avila against Stolyarenko. Stolyarenko's just coming off that loss to uh, Kunitskaya. She just got clinched and outstruck and beat yeah. up pretty good, but she's 10th planet. She loves pulling guard. And Avila has got really good scrambles. Nice. Like, there's very a, there's a, I've got a question for you for a fight that is further up the card. Yeah. I think someone is a 10th planet brown belt further up the card. I'll find it in the notes in a sec. But Montserrat. So is that comparable? So if you're saying you're a 10th planet brown belt, you're a, you pretty much you're a brown belt in mainstream no, BJJ. I don't think so. You're a brown belt at the skills and the founder and the structure of 10th planet jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you could you can get you can take 10th planet brown belts and put them in a grappling competition with other brown belts and they're absolutely comparable skill-wise. Yeah. The syllabus is not the same. The, the syllabus is not the same. Yeah. I I have a purple belt in 10th planet. If I was putting a gear on, especially after this length of time, I'd put my white belt back on. Mm. It is, it's a very different yeah. system. And I've always felt like, and this is by no means a, a, an insult to, to 10th Planet, but I've always felt like it was like a bolt-on to a basic, a basic ground game. Mm. Like, and that's what Etsy Eddie started with uh, Jean-Jacques Machado, and he learned Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but then branched off on his own. But then his, his branching off then became a system in itself. It's almost like it's almost cultish, isn't it? It's like, a little bit. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's it's where it's where everybody that goes into a Gracie Barra and doesn't have eighty five dollars to buy a new gi because it's got the right patches on it. Right. They all find the way to tenth planet. Yeah. It's the kids that come from break dancing and yeah, tattooing it's kind of cool, and graffiti. Isn't it? It's just and, kind of yeah. like, it's a cool brand. I mean, I, I I've always loved being a part of tenth planet and representing it, and the the this the classes were electric back in the yeah. day. You know yeah, those I old imagine, old yeah. Hollywood days, man. When it was like, like the classes start at nine and we'd drill for an hour and then we'd just get into rounds. And like 20 minutes <laughs> before rounds started, Rogan would show up and start warming yeah, up for rounds and Jeff cool Glover era. would drop in. That was it a was cool wicked, era of, of uh, MMA, wasn't it? It was cool. Very cool era. And the Hollywood era, so like yeah. the, the old 10th Planet legends, like the guys that we had rolling through, I, I rolled with loads and loads of like top flight guys before I'd even signed my UFC contract. And... The, the the other thing I love about the ten planet system is that it it, it continually grows, mm. and everybody in there they're all it's quite a creative environment because there's not a rigid structure like no don't contribute to it. It's like how's that working? Can we yeah. can we absorb that? Yeah, I like that. So yeah. like you've got all these guys like the ten planet freaks are doing great things. You've got Denny uh, Procopus who's always adding new stuff. Sean Bollinger, who I used to train with, he was a brown belt when I was training there. He could heel hook himself. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Like literally could put his toes in his opposite armpit and heel hook himself oh, nice. with his flexibility. But he, he developed a whole bunch of techniques that he taught. It's funny how Eddie. you would come about finding that out. I know. Like how, he, he was like how one of those, I don't know. He was one what of those like doing? free flexible guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? He could like yeah. put both of his legs behind his head without touching them. And uh, he was wicked talented. But then like, you know, there were certain things he could do that that Eddie couldn't do. So then, mm. like, he would teach Eddie some stuff. and Yeah, nice. He was always very open-minded Unconstrained by tradition yeah. sort of thing, and it? So just whatever works, works, and whatever you can come up with, we'll create it, and then we'll test it, and then it's good, it stays, no good, we get rid of it. That's it, I like, yeah. I like the concept. Yeah, mm. and, and I think it's probably because Eddie met resistance with what he was doing, you know? Like, mm. like him, use, him, like, pulling guard, 
and like climbing his guard high and using rubber guard to tie yeah. people's arms up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like goes to New York, mission control, and then he's got the person pinned there. And all of a sudden, like MMA guys are looking at it and thinking, oh, I can tie somebody up there and stall and strike while they can't attack me. So it kind of it kind of found its way into the MMA world and that's where it got a lot of its fame. Mm. Um, but I, I, don't, I think it's a good system for MMA. I think my, my only criticism is that some of the guys, even the high level guys, they'll miss the basic shrimp and guard recover or like basic, like basic mount escapes. Yeah. Like they won't, yeah. they won't elbow knee escape. They'll go in the armpits and push and bridge over to try and take the back or, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, let's yeah. go for the most outlandish technique instead of the, the basic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> all sports, the, the basics, are there. the basics, are the basics yeah. for a reason always, aren't they? Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they don't they don't take you to the to, to the higher echelon, but you can't get there without them. The, the foundations and basics are synonymous, mm. aren't they? The, the, be, the yeah. best people that have utilized Tenth Planet, in my opinion, are guys that already came over from another, uh, like another jujitsu or grappling school and had good skills. Going back to the add-on idea, yeah, add it into your already fundamental game. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, George Soteropoulos is is the the one that comes to mind. Ben Saunders another one. But George Soteropoulos was a good black belt. Then he came over to yeah. start integrating Tenth Planet and was able to use it quite well. I was like, everything that he does is just blanked out by <laughs> Ross hitting him so hard that his bo- yeah. both feet retracted <laughs> off of the ground at the same time. Yeah. Oh, that was a <laughs> wicked knockout. Yeah, it was. It was so much like built up behind that as yeah. well. They've been at each other for weeks. Yeah. And he sort of bang. I was surprised how unpopular George was when I was, yeah. I was over there. Well, we, 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 we they were, were there. They were most people on Ross's side. Yeah. Most yeah. Australians were on Ross's side. Yeah. He's it works. Married moved over the there. country, <laughs> hadn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's Montserrat. Um, yeah, that uh, might be it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Montserrat Ruiz. She's 10th planet. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, Montel Jackson against Jesse Strada. Strada, Strada, Strada. Um, that's a that's a big ask for Jesse Strada coming in. He's five and one. Um, he's coming into the UFC. He's making his debut coming in from um, Combate. He's mm. he's fought in King of the Cage early on, and he's had he's had four fights in Combate. He's gone actually lost to uh, Marcelo Rojo. Um, that's his one loss. But these last two fights, I watched them both. It beat Michael Jackson up, and then he fought an, another guy, Isaiah Batin Gonzalez. And stiffed him with a left hook, mm. and he's he's one of those guys that a bit John Lineker in the way that he moves, like he carries his fists like they're heavy, and then when right. he steps in, he goes body 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 head, nice. or body body head head body, and he keeps mixing the power hooks up. Yeah. Um, and I was listening to an interview with him the other day, and was it the it was yesterday I was listening to it, so he he's a high school wrestler, but he started wrestling at high school because all of the champs in the UFC were wrestlers. Wow. Like he didn't like, and this is the generation that we're talking That's about. That's how young here. he is. I know, right? Wow. Um, so yeah, he started high school wrestling because he couldn't afford to go to an MMA school. Right. So he did high, he did high school wrestling. Once he'd shown his parents he was committed to it, they found then money. they started <laughs> putting him into jujitsu and stuff. Huh, I like it. That's crazy, Good story, isn't it? yeah. Yeah. Fair play. It's like, I mean, how often does that happen now? Like high school wrestlers get into wrestling because of MMA. Oh now, yeah, right. man, now, it must now, happen it a lot. Do, now. It could, couldn't have happened previously, really. I mean, if we were at school, we'd have done, we'd do wrestling, wouldn't we? Right now, like if we had oh, wrestling, man, if, if we had wrestling, wrestling school, school as part of the 
Yeah. Far too confrontational for the British, my friend. <laughs> Far too confrontational. Well, Q. We might get Just... queuing in, in PE. <laughs> we certainly won't be wrestling. <laughs> right? Queuing yeah. and politeness. That's it. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Apologising. Yeah. That's the national sport of England. Not a fan of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Even through gritted teeth. It, it, not very good at it. Not very good at it. So, Trevin Giles. Trevin Giles. So this was Drickers Duplessis, right? But he couldn't get a visa. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, Don Madge had the same problem yeah. last week as well. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, obviously South Africa's got their own strain at the moment, and not the good kind of strain either. No, um. no, no. <laughs> sure they do, but it's not, well, yeah, yeah, they might. But um, um, so yeah, so Roman Dolidze, yeah, who is a beast, a beast, yeah, eight and oh. eight and oh. and. and um, oh. Yeah, if he gets older, you're you're in a bit of trouble, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, I know we're not allowed to talk about generalizations and stereotypes and and what have you in 2021, but Manny reminds me of Kuta Deledze. Yeah. <laughs> he just reminds me yeah. of just a thicker version. Thicker of him, version. I didn't and think throw, about that. He throws his he throws his kick like remarkably similar. Yeah. He throws his left kick remarkably similar to Kuta Deledze. Is it? I had not made that connection. Yeah, that is an go. excellent connection. Thank you. Southpaw, loads of powerful left mm. kicks, but then falls into his punches from his kicks. Yeah. Good body locks as well, as you would expect from like, a Georgian wrestler. <laughs> you sort of, your kidney twitches a little bit when you see him get that body lock. Like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I feel my floating ribs aching from watching I think, him squeeze on. I think he might get beaten for speed a little bit, though. Yeah. Like, Trevin's, Trevin's pretty sharp. He is He is sharp. He's got a good jab, and he's and he's got that, He's got that awkwardly confident movement yeah. where he kind of like leans. like He could alert, sort of lure you in if you bang. weren't quick enough to do anything mm. about it, lure you in and punish you. Yeah. And, yeah. and, he, and even though even though Delidze won his last fight and he dominated the second round from the top position, he looked more tired than his opponent mm. getting back to his feet. And I don't think that was a short notice fight and this mm. one is. Yeah. That's my thought going into this one is that Delizze is absolutely capable of getting his hands on Trevin Giles and throwing him around and beating him up. Yeah. Finding his like the other thing as well is those that those uh, left high kicks, they are fast and they are powerful. And because he's not throwing them to necessarily land to finish, mm. they're very good for him setting up his punches. Mm. Whereas Trevin Giles tends to lunge in with his punches. Might be able to bouncer kick off his arm and then come in with a punch Dink. behind it and catch it yeah I mean it's just the gas tank I've, I've, it just it just keeps coming into my mind John I mean John Allen found some holes in he found some space to land some strikes didn't he mm. and you know if if Giles can do that I mean there's space there to land you know what I mean there is, yeah. there's enough space in there that if he can if he can get some a couple of combinations together you know he could do some damage but you sort of you sort of feel like Roman's going to get his hands on him, and he could ragdoll him around the octagon for, for as long as he wants to. Really, couldn't he? Yeah, he's that. He's that. Um, for as long as he's, for as long as his gas tank holds yeah. up. I'm just looking to see if that last fight that he took was on short notice. Uh, I don't think it was. Like he just, I mean, he dominated that second round. He he got a lovely double leg takedown, got himself into half guard, and then was just smashing his opponent to bits. Mm. But, but he was tired when he got back to his feet at the end of that round. Yeah. And I mean, and I look at his record, and there are a lot of first round finishes. Like he beat uh, Ibragimov first round, two, three, four, five, five first round finishes out of eight fights. Mm. You know, maybe he's not got to that lungs bleeding stage in a yeah. fight yet. And that, yeah. that uh, last one against John Allen was. He's also not had a 
Well, that was his first decision as well. Mm. So is that's... Giles durable enough to... He went the distance with, yeah. um, what's his name? Uh, James Krause. I know Krause was coming up a weight class, taking it on short notice, but... Yeah, he did, didn't he? Krause's, that was a decent pace as well, wasn't yeah. it? Skilled and lively. And he stopped Bevan Lewis in the third round as well. So he's maintaining that power. He did drop Bevan Lewis with a with a wicked jab. Hmm. Now that's going to be a different setup because obviously he's fighting a southpaw this time around in Delidze. So he's going to have to he's going to have to be very very cautious of reaching too far and getting countered with that left high kick because hmm. it's coming to his open side in this fight. Yeah, I mean it's close in it. I'm not quite hmm. sure which way to pick. I'm, you know, I can easily see. Did you make picks lower down on the card? No, you didn't. You're just, no. just glossing over them. Just gloss, you just glossed over them. Just because you're not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure on this one. You, you know, like I was saying, you can easily see the Lidze. Um, ragdoll him a little bit, but I definitely feel like there's, there's space for Giles to pick him apart a little bit. Might might go that way, you know. Yeah. Might go that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see it. I, could see, I, I can just... I think the longer the fight goes, the more it favours Giles. And, I, and, I, and, the, and the fact that, he, that the Lidze is coming in on short notice... Mm. Like we, I mean, and everybody around the world. It's not even like you like people aren't training. It's like a lot of people can't train. Yeah, you know, like yeah. we don't know what he's been doing as far as his training goes because his and gym got, might be closed. We got two people basically on rotation. Two yeah. guys come in next day. A different two guys come in. It's like, you know, it's not ideal really, for anybody, is it? Not at all. No. So at but, least, you know, we won't be too far away. Hopefully. Well, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. in in the current situation, Delizze is taking a fight on short notice, and mm. he may not have been able to train a great deal. Well, I mean, Darren Stewart was doing most of his training in the park, wasn't he? That's yeah. what he was saying on his walkout. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Let's, uh, I mean, we don't have to lock it in anymore, but we no, can. No, <laughs> we yeah. We do what we like now. Yeah, do anything we um, want. So Santos Dawson, next up. Yeah. That's next I up. I still think you should make picks. Okay, we'll make picks. We'll go with, we'll go with Trevor Giles. Okay. Okay. Ke- keeps me at least vaguely accountable to something in my life. <laughs> I just, I just need your picks recorded so I can, <laughs> I can take the piss out of you next week when they're wrong. Um, That's not an American <laughs> phrase, you know. Someone said we said that before, taking the piss, and the, Amer- no. and the Americans didn't get it. No, I, I, I had a friend that always used to think it was taking a piss. <laughs> right. And you don't want to take a piss out no. of someone. No. I mean, unless you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, that's it's not that kind of podcast. Different We're not podcast. Going <laughs> that's the Owen Oxley kind of podcast. Yeah, I'll bring that back. Yeah. Bring that back on Full Reptile Radio. <laughs> um, I'm way too highbrow for that. You are way too highbrow. <laughs> this should be called Sophisticuffs. Mm. Um, nice. Grant Dawson against Leo Santos. Um, so like, like I said, when I was at Nova and Yao, I didn't recognise Santos because of how big he was. The other thing I will say that he is... He is one of the most inconsistent fighters on the roster mm. when it comes to uh, the regularity of his com- competition. Mate, Eleven times in ten years. He's had a lot of injuries and so, and he's had the a lot of opponents is. pull out. I was just looking at his topology record today. So, like, he came through the Ultimate Fighter season, Brazil season two, uh, made his made his official UFC debut on uh, in two thousand thirteen, and then he had. A couple of fights had one cancelled. Uh, Wukash Sajewski pulled out. Then he had another fight, and then Matt Wyman pulled out. Then he had hmm. a fight against Kevin Lee, and then Evan Dunham pulled out, and then pulled out TKO'd again. Kevin Lee, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then he had another fight, and then two other opponents pulled out: Auburn Mercier and Nick Lentz. 
I wow. think one of those was hit. It's just he's 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 been he's had injuries and his opponents have been pulling out as yeah. well, and it's affected his consistency. I mean, when he's been in there and he's like the Kevin Lee fight, first round stoppage was very impressive, was. and that knockout of Stevie Ray, yeah, I know, was yeah. I mean, he, even uh, even and, he was surprised. He went sprinting off into the dressing right. rooms, <laughs> like winning winning the fights the way he's winning with the pedigree he's already got on the ground is you know he's starting to put he's starting to shape that whole game isn't he yeah. like you would think he's completely capable and competent on the on the ground with that with that backstory oh he's, so, he's very very yeah. good on the ground that's it's, it, i mean it's definitely without a doubt the strongest part of his game is his brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah, which is a funny matchup for grant Dawson because he you know he likes that top position he'll mm. go in and he'll you know he'll wrestle hard um this, i mean four of the four of his last six are subs yeah and he and he's he's like the like Grant Dawson to me is like the new school MMA fighter, like he's he's confident in the striking range. No matter whether it's at long range with kicks or at close range with clinch work and striking, he's got good takedowns. He's great in scrambles. He's mm. conditioned well. Mm. Works to the top position as much as he can, as quickly as he can, um, and has, has got the ability to to endure. And to escape submissions and to keep going and to you know what I mean. Man, he and dug th- deep against Minna. Did he not? I mean, it was like oh, there was a point. There's a point in that fight, and the camera pans in, and Minna had been chasing submissions for like. For it was te- just after he passed eternity. the guillotine. Yeah, and you could just see it in his face. He's like, "Oh God, I'm so screwed now. I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't get my." Yeah, like, everybody that has grappled knows exactly what he was thinking at that point. Just, exactly. just the way his eyes were. You're like, "Oh, I know, man. I know. Yeah. I get it." That, that's he's how toast. people end up getting von Flew choked. Yeah, because they're like, "I'm just, oh. I'm just going to wait for a minute." Because he had him in a guillotine, didn't he? And he was like, he was fully extending his neck. You could see all I mean, the stretching on his neck for minutes at a time, didn't he? Yeah. But then, yeah. but then uh, Dawson scrambles to top position, gets to side control, and he defended a couple of arm bars as well as a few a few guillotines. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't stop though, does he? No, if never. he's not throwing something, he's throwing something else up. And, and I and I think this is where this is where he causes Leo Santos problems because, like Leo Santos is forty one. Yeah, no, he was born in nineteen eighty. Young buck against the yeah. old experienced head. But it's like I mean, eighteen and three, eighteen three and one. He's not had a lot of fights for his age, especially when you consider you know Overeem's a similar age. Yeah, like because he's been out a lot of the time. Yeah, and and it's not. It's he's like not took damage, but as took he's clearly took damage because he's been injured a lot. Yeah. But he hasn't took maybe you know cognitive damage, accumulated cognitive damage over the years. Cognitive damage, no, but physical damage, absolutely, yeah. yes. Like I'm assuming it's knees and shoulders and... I would think so. Yeah. And, and, and he's another person that he cuts a massive amount of weight to get to lightweight. Right. And I think that's done him a disservice over his career. I think he'll need it against Grant, though, because he, he comes in big, doesn't he? Yeah, he miss does. weight a couple of times, I think. He does. But, I think but, his last two maybe at catch weight, actually. Is that right? I think like, so. Um, Santos made his MMA debut, like, was it 2000 and... Yeah, 2002 against Gomi. Made his debut in 2002 against Gomi. Mm. He's been fighting a long time. That was a lifetime ago, isn't it? But he also probably started as a lightweight and he's always been... Yeah, yeah, he did. He's always been a lightweight. So what's that? 2002. That's, 20, that's 19 years ago. So he was... He was what, what was he? What was he, 18? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you can... Like, he should not be the same weight now <laughs> as he was no when way. he was that age. But he has. He's kept himself in that weight class, even though he's been up and heavy. Yeah. Much. I just thought he was a middleweight go. when I saw it. Just him. can't let go of it. 
Like, and, and he I likes think, that weight. He likes yeah. that weight uh, advantage. And you've got to wonder whether that's a part of the reason why he's been injured. You know, is because like his body's not having the time to recover and repair yeah. in ways that it would if he had the, the right calorific intake for his I body. I mean, I've no idea whether the PI are looking at this before, uh, looking at this at all, but. We talk we sort of we always bounce back to this. I wonder what the injury rate is if you just find your natural weight and you, you cut a little bit to make it into that weight class, but you're in general you're within, mm. you know, decent parameters to the the weight you walk around at. Yeah. I, I would imagine it'd be very hard for them to actually look at that and get some stats, but you know, they've definitely got the resources. Maybe it's something yeah. there they've thought about or at least uh, hypothesized about whether they're you know, they're advising that to their athletes. Mm. It'd be interesting. That, that fight, that last fight against uh, that, that Santos had against uh, Bogotov, he he was he almost had him out of there in that second mm. round. Like he was pouring the pressure on, mm. like tied his hands up, hammer fists. When he was on the feet, he was cracking him with big shots. Just didn't seem to have enough to put him away, but gassed himself out yeah. trying to put him away. And that that again is my concern with him going in against Grant Dawson. Is he might throw everything at him. He might think he's got a sub in the first round and give it everything. He might think he's got him hurt in the second round and give it everything. And then Grant Dawson still Four times there. world champion jiu-jitsu guy is going to blow themselves out on subs, though. What's his name, did? Adolfo Vieira. <laughs> oh, my God, didn't he? <laughs> what an awful statement. <laughs> That's why yes, I'm here. they absolutely would do that. Clearly, because he nearly died of cardiovascular failure. <laughs> That's how bad he blew himself out. Correct, Dan. He nearly so gave himself a down to 5,000. you on your uh, recent knowledge. <laughs> yes, that can very, very um, likely That happen. absolutely happens, yeah. That, that, that would be a concern of mine for mm. him, is that Grant Dawson is supremely conditioned and very strong. So I can see this as Dawson's to win. Yeah. It's a big it's a big win for him if he gets it, though. Yeah. Santos is a bit sharp on his, with his hands. He's a bit sharper than Dawson, I think, with his hands. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. I would say that. But but I, I also think yeah. that like that that knockout over Stevie Ray was it was rather uncharacteristic of Santos. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I know he's got I mean, that stock Kevin, Kevin Lee. Kevin yeah. Lee, but I just I've not. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe I'm underestimating him. He's just there's not there's not like that physical presence to him that you see with Grant Dawson. Like Dawson's standing, he's ready mm. to go. He's got his high guard. It does seem new. He does kicks. seem the new school, doesn't yeah. it? It does seem like the new. You know that that the quadrant we talk about of the athlete is you know it's well and truly um, developed. Yeah, he's in a good spot physically. Yeah, like like sharpened everywhere. Yeah, like a good striker, well balanced striking skills. Knows he's got takedowns if he needs them. Good sub defense as well as a, a hell of a pace. Yeah, I, I think I think this this could be a really really impressive win for Grant Dawson. And I think I think the, the the weight of the name of Leo Santos goes a long way in this division because even though he has been inconsistent, mm. when he does fight, people know how good he is. Um, but yeah, I, I was just I've just been very impressed with Grant Dawson so far. Yeah, cool. Well, I like we'll his see. I like his linear approach. I mean, was he got seven Renee chokes out of sixteen wins? You know, and you don't need you don't need to be a world jiu-jitsu champion to get a rear naked choke on a world jiu-jitsu champion. No. And <laughs> like, I mean, like, there's a lot of world champions that, well, there's a lot of elite that become sub-elite once you put punching in there, you mm-hmm. know, quickly, acutely as well. Yeah. Like, acting elite and then suddenly <laughs> seem sub-elite with a game. Yeah. You know, that we, we know that's a record, we know that's a thing we talk about a bit. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. Which Grant way Dawson. Yeah. Yeah, let's see how we go. 
Renault against Chasson. Well, you can have a look at pick show four, five, six, seven, and eight because we've addressed it in every single one of them. I think <laughs> how many times has this been put off? I know, I know. It's been yeah. And we don't we disagree, don't you think Chasson's gonna gonna win this? I know I lent towards Renault with his with her experience. Yeah, I, I think like I think Chass- Chasson's Chasson's got the the physicality and the skills to be to be a problem. I don't, I just don't know as she's. She's very good at measuring distance. She's very good at walking people down and being the bigger, longer, rangier mm. fighter. But I don't know. I've not seen the confidence that that she needs to back it up um, against someone like Marion Renault, who's got good experience on the ground. She knows her game. Yeah, you know, Mar- exactly. Marion knows the game. She knows what's going to. And if a game's not good enough, it's probably not good enough. She's forty, forty-one. Yeah, like she's, she's in her forties. You know, she's she's at that stage of her career. Her game is. You know, it's probably probably her game. Mm. Yeah, but her game is good. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, she black yeah. belt. Um, you know, well-skilled on the floor. Always had a rough run in the UFC. Always fought tough, tough opposition. Yeah, I, I actually think we Renault went, might we went, Yeah, we went through her list, didn't we, last, yeah. last couple of times. It's an impressive uh, experience resume, mm. for sure. And people aren't stopping her. Like her. She's coming off three losses. Pennington, Konitskaya and Zingano, and they're all decision losses. Mm. A thing in it when you get to a certain level of experience, we've said before, it's you become tougher to finish because you're just wily, aren't you? You've mm. seen you've seen the pictures and you, you know, you know, you know where safety is. Yeah, yeah. If, you find if, it easier. That's it. If Macy Chasson's smart in this one, she'll go back and she'll watch the the uh, Holly Holm fight against Renault, mm. and she'll have a similar kind of game because Renault. Like Holly Holm, obviously, is very, very side on. She uses that lead side kick a lot to maintain distance. And what she highlighted in that fight is that Renault does stand quite square. Like there's a square target in her midsection which yeah. she could be utilizing. And, and I would say she like Chasson doesn't even need to use kicks necessarily. She could just mix up her long range striking because she has got. I mean, what's her reach? She has yeah, got a really she's long very, reach. she's definitely very long and awkward. Yeah, seventy two inch reach, five eleven. Compared to Marion Renault, who is this laptop's not fast enough for my brain. Hmm. Yeah, sixty-eight inch mm. reach. So she's got a, f- a four-inch, five-inch reach, right, five-inch height advantage, and a four-inch reach advantage over her. Got yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I, I can't, I can't pick any other way than than Marion. Since I picked her twice yeah, already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, only, the only thing I would say is you know 33 there is going to be a point where you have that downturn mm. and she's facing a 29 year old who's probably improving very very quickly sort of peak in it yeah sort of 47 May as well good good team good gym good people around her yeah I mean she was tied up by Alina Landsberg that's the only loss on her record and Landsberg held her up against the fence and used good head pressure and good you know good striking skills close range the, I mean, Marion Renault might take a lot of confidence from that performance. Mm. I, I often like when I'm researching, I'll look at who they're facing, and then I'll go back and into their career and find someone that's got a similar, similar. kind of style. Um, and I think that Chasson could learn a lot from the Holly home fight, and I think that Renault could learn a lot from Chasson against mm. Landsberg. Um, but the good thing is that Macy Chasson's had that experience, so you would hope that she's found solutions to that by now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so you're going with Renault, are you? Yeah, I'll go with Renault. Mm. Yeah. Man, this next one. Yeah, this is good. Holy shit. Yeah. This is going to be fireworks, <laughs> isn't it? So Ruiz, Montserrat Ruiz was the, the 10th Planet brown belt you were talking about, right? Yeah. A bit earlier on. Yeah. She's so. a, a firecracker. 
she's like comes Aggressive. in chin tucked throwing bombs into the tie clinch big knees to the midsection and then she's got that head and arm throw yeah that, yeah, yeah scarf hold, hold throw. yeah it's really really nice yeah. very risky yeah i know and she doesn't always pull it off like no. a, a couple of times i can't remember she fought last Whoever last she fought fight, last a couple of times, she Marangi. did get it in the end. Yeah. And, and she, I think she actually finished it with a scarf. Yeah, she did. A key lock. A key, a key lock, lock from, from, from the scarf hold. Yeah. yeah. But three or four times she didn't pull that takedown off from the scarf hold. Yeah. And it is like you, you're so susceptible to get your back top there. Yeah. Mm. But then like, you know, again. She's tenth, so aggressive. Tenth planet. You know, she might she might go uh, she might go head and arm throw. And if it fails and she gives her back, she might be straight onto an ankle. Yeah. You know, she might yeah. be straight onto a knee bar or whatever. Like, we, we don't know what the rest of her game is, but the, the fact that she's confident with that means that she's done it over and over again in the gym. And when it's not happened, she's had a, an yeah, alternative. Yeah, she's got a backup, yeah. I'd be interested to see if it doesn't work and see what she goes to from it. Um, but she's, I mean, she's short and she's she's Compact short and she's and powerful. Yeah, 61-inch reach. And uh, she's five foot. But then yeah. the, the range that she fights at, She's a little powerhouse, isn't she? A little Absolutely. bit um, uh, Jessica Andrade. Yeah. But in the way that she yeah. moves into the into the, the striking range. But then I would say she's, I mean, maybe not quite as physically imposing. No. But certainly very technical on the floor. Like that key lock was, from Scarfold was nice. Yeah, painful as well. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, Cheyenne Bays is not um, submissive. She's super aggressive anyway. Mm. So we're just gonna get you're gonna get two firecrackers calling each other, I think. Strong top position player, mm. which plays perfectly into uh Montserrat Ruiz, who's tenth planet. Like it might even get to the stage where Ruiz closes distance quickly, throwing bombs and knees. Uh Shea and Bays clinches her and takes her down, and there's no resistance from Ruiz because she's quite happy to work from her back. It wouldn't surprise me at all. And and like Shea and Bays might be underestimating how slickly she is off her back. She's a brown boat in Tenth Planet. She's been doing it for a while. Yeah, you know, and and you know, Shea and Bay's the the other thing you have to consider is she's the second fight of the night for her marriage. <laughs> you know, like if that first fight doesn't go yeah. very well for her husband, that might be in the back yeah, of her I mean, mind. You don't it'd know. Be how hard it not to have some yeah. kind of some kind of emotional tie to the result of that one way or another. But then, conversely, if she if it goes well, she might you know feel super empowered and yeah. go use that energy. Yeah, um, I mean she was she was angry on the contender series in that fight. She was she was there. To, that was a fight. It was. You know, that's gonna be that's gonna be a great matchup. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Five and one against nine and one. I'm, I'm, I'm swayed. I'm just. I think I'm swayed towards Montserrat because she's because of how aggressive she is. Because of how aggressive she yeah. is. Yeah, she's yeah. just gonna. You know, if yeah. she doesn't win, she's gonna she's gonna go. She go. She'll go out on a shield, won't she? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I mean, she's got more experience. Um, she's she's been competing at a decent level over in Invicta, so I, I don't think she's gonna be. It's a USC debut, right? Yeah, I I think she might she might come over and be very very impressive. Mm. You know, uh, she's just coming off that win over Moranjan, who was who's ten and three as well. So she's you know again she's fighting fighters that have got experience. Um, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with Rory's. Okay, so Max Griffin, goes. Song Kernan. Well, <clears throat> I used my insider contacts on this. Of course, you did. And all I got back was every question I asked was, "He's a beast." Yeah. How's he in the gym? He's a beast. How's his? Gr- he's a beast. How's he's a beast. He's a beast. 
how do you think he's going to go? He's a beast. <laughs> and yeah. I'm assuming that's Dean saying that's that, Dean which means that he's a beast. PR, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he uh, he lost to Brad Riddle, didn't he? He did outside the UFC. Yeah. Yeah. Further up the card. But then you know, but then he came in and he's like, uh, I think I called his first first three. You definitely called. In fact, I think I might have called all of them to be honest. But it, like, Bobby Nash, fifteen seconds. Then Hector Aldana, that was a war, but he still managed to stop him at the end of the second. Lost to Morono, got a bit drowned in that one, mm. which you know could happen with Max Griffin, although Griffin prefers to be on the outside. And then Krantz, another tough striker with a lot of experience in Callum Potter. Like at one stage, he benched Callum Potter off him. Yeah, he just went. <laughs> yeah, move. Oh, get off! We're like, can't do that. Yeah. Um, he did something like I think he bridged someone off it, bridged someone off him in another fight as well, and it was just like you don't see that, you don't see that very often. That's sort of what you see on the mat at training sometimes mm. with amateurs almost. You don't really see that escape. You just like get no, off. No, yeah, a lot of power. And again, speaking to the PI guys, there, they, you, in their mind, he's the perfect uh, anthropometry of a of a welterweight. Perfect shape, perfect lean mass. Everything is just how it's supposed to be, and um, he's, he's a big dude, isn't he? For all, he is. you know, he's a big dude. I think he'll have the, I think he's got the edge physically. I think he's probably got the edge on on Griffin, but I do like the way Griffin moves. He's very elastic, and he, he you know, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the way he moves. No, I, I just mean from a from a physical point yeah. of view, though. He's got, I mean, he he's moves got a, a lot. A, yeah, like, a, a elastic bounce. Like, yeah, yeah. You can comment on whether that's wasted wasted <laughs> movement or not, but um, yeah, he, he's he's reactive and he's you know he's he's kind of quick. Yeah, I've, I've I always watch Griffin and feel like he's going to be better than he is. Mm. Like there's a lot of movement and and he's got he's got a very very awkward timing. He doesn't move like other people. Like mm. he's like his his movement patterns for his strikes aren't they're not the regular clean polished these are the paths that my strikes follow. He's a yeah. bit kind of ugh, a bit herky-jerky and a bit yeah. kind of odd timing. And sometimes he'll bounce into range at wrong times and get cracked with a punch. Yeah. Like I think, I think sometimes a fighter can move too much when they don't, they don't know exactly what they're doing. So like, it's funny. Canan so that doesn't that, do that. That like herky-jerky um, movement is, it can, we've seen it through the years, haven't we? We've seen there's, there's a few people that come in and, in, in and out, a ridiculously good looking guy I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> um, Keith, someone, uh, he, he, you know, he was it, and it causes problems. It's a different puzzle for people to yeah. figure out, but they very rarely get to the top. They and they and they very, you know, they're very rarely the champ because the way of doing it to to some degree is the way it's supposed to be done because mm-hmm. that's the most efficient way of doing it. And the odd timing and the unorthodox nature of people does cause a short term problem, but people, you know, they people figure it out or they 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 tune into that timing a little bit and they can overcome that problem yeah um and like even if you look at max's record it's it's as up and down as his as his movement you know yeah he's, he's six and four in the ufc yeah and um he struggled sorry, with the top he struggled with the six, top I mean. um four and you know six. those the, the yeah. elite guys he, he struggled anytime he goes up against the elite guys he struggles a bit doesn't he yeah, he does. He does. But, I would, but at the same time, I would say that, I mean, there's some guys in here that aren't quite elite either that he still struggles mm. with. Um, I, ju- I, I mean, obviously his last fight against uh, against Ramiz and that 
that nasty ear injury. Yeah. That but, was a result of a well-timed right hand that just caught him on the side of the head and did the damage to the cauliflower ear. But up to that point, he was he was he was taking a lot of shots that he mm. didn't need to take. Like it's a high risk style because I don't think that the style's fully <laughs> fully developed. developed yeah. yeah, I think he's got movement yeah. and I think he's got skills and power and athleticism, and I think he's got a good understanding of some techniques. I don't think th- there's an overall plan to it though, which is why sometimes he bounces into range and gets yeah. clipped. Yeah, you know he's a bit. He's a bit, oh, I'll throw this technique and then he jumps in and throws it and then gets caught on the way out. He can't do that with Son Kanan. They're, like, they're almost opposites of yeah, each other, are. aren't they? Like like he, Kanan will wait. Kanan is concise and controlled and seems like he's got a plan in place and doesn't have any of that, necessarily the variety in terms of randomness. Mm. Um, and then Griffin is, yeah. Yeah. We, we are, we're seeing that a lot more now though, especially with the, with the, the development of calf kicks. Like people are actually, like people are actually like taking their time walking into range now, mm. and they're kind of they they posture and they change their posture instead of bouncing in and out all the time. Yeah, and like there's a, there's so much there's so much energy wasted from that, especially if you, there's not a reason for it. Mm. Like you've got to be on your toes in this fight. Is a game plan. It's not a preset. So you know, I don't know whether people enjoy the cross sport references or not but for, for years we talked about so you get a gps reading of how far you covered in a game mm. and some of our best players would have the lowest readings and you know there the, the could be certain coaches that make a case for them not working hard enough because they're not done enough and my point was always they're just more efficient mm. they aren't wasting their time running over there when they've already seen three plays ahead and they're just going to wait here and then the ball comes to them anyway and they you know they do what they do that makes them the best in the in the sport and similar thing, it's not, you know, if it becomes efficiency of movement yeah. because your physical characteristics and be interesting to see what happens in the next 20 years in this sport. Everyone's physical characteristics are going to get to their genetic max. We're going to weed out all the guys that don't have the right genes for it. And, you know, we'll get to a point where everyone is really well conditioned, really fast, really strong, really powerful. And it, it will ultimately it will come down to technical and tactical. It, it, it's, it always comes down mm. to that. Eventually, yeah. See, I I feel like this like, Kanan's got got fight changing power with one shot, mm. and I, and I think with the way that that Max Griffin constantly bounces in and out of range, Song's gonna be stationary, waiting, and he's gonna get that rhythm down. Trapdoor spider. And as he jumps into range, he's gonna back crack him. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. put him down. And I, I mean, it's, it's four and six in the UFC, Max Griffin. I just don't think he's ever really fully found his feet or realized his potential. Mm. You know, I mean, that that last fight was his first, I think, I think it was his first stoppage in the UFC, wasn't it? Oh, no, he got um, Eric Montano back in 2016. He's been in the UFC a long time. Made his debut at UFC 202. But it's, you know, one win, one loss, one win, two losses, one win, two losses. And he's winning by decision, decision. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. ear injury as well. That was a fairly even fight up to the point where he wrecked that guy's ear. <laughs> yeah. I think this is some kind of fight to lose, to be honest. I think, um, you know, I think he's quite a special athlete. I'm going with the factory product from the <laughs> Shanghai <laughs> yeah. super gym. The, the, um, the China manufacturing. Yeah. The, the MMA uh, manufacturers. If they say he's good, he's chances are he's, he's pretty good yeah um they bring out a new journal 
Oh yeah. Yeah, you remember the first journal? Oh, what from their studies? Yeah, from, there's oh, a second nice. journal coming out. It's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be a special document. Mm. If we were, if I was in a better mood about that organisation, I'd say more. <laughs> it's still going to be a very useful document for yeah. the sport. Yeah. Very much so. Very so much this so. next one is. We've got a Jimmy Gifford trained fighter in Gustavo Lopez. You'll see Giff. Oh, he's also in the brown belt. In oh, is that uh, right? Tenth Planet. Okay, yeah. okay. He's ten, yeah. So is he tenth Planet uh, Vegas then? Because he trains out of Extreme Couture, doesn't he? That the Jimmy represents his Extreme Couture. Right. Um, that last that last win over Burchak at Renegade show man. was beautiful. Gustavo, he's game in it. Yeah, he is. He had he a is. banger with Dashvili. But then the other the other thing I will say though, and I I was watching uh, Adrian Yaniz uh, uh, yesterday, and he is not only from his photo on um, Tapology, but the way he fights, the way he stands, he's very much a young Masvidal. Right. He's very much a young Masvidal. He's got like, I mean, look at that photo on Tapology. Yeah, for a yeah, start, yeah. like looks yeah. like him, and and I, I remember give looking, him a, give him a Chanel, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah gown, <laughs> gown, a big uh, I yeah. remember looking at that photo when I was looking up his record, thinking, God, he looks like Masvidal. And then I put on his last fight, and he's he's got that kind of like front foot, like tight guard, you know. But he will bounce out and give himself some space. But that's his aggressive stance. He was excellent against Rodriguez. He was he was really good, he was like excellent. I thought really good, fast in and out, good angles. Mm-hmm. I thought it was yeah, man. I thought yeah. it was good. This is good. this is going to be a great fight, and and cut Rodriguez down really nicely up against the fence. Mm. So he was punching him, and then as Rodriguez was starting to try and peel out to the sides, he threw that head kick and caught him on the way. Yeah. He dealt with some dealt with some wrestling that he's yeah, going he he's going to have to deal with in this fight, but he did deal with it. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, Rodriguez is going to be the taller fighter as well, isn't he? Or longer reach, five Lopez. seven. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh no yeah, um, Yanis is the taller, longer range fighter. He's got a couple of inches in height and reach. I, I I think yeah exactly the same as that. I think he's I think he's gonna have to deal with some takedowns mm. in this fight. I think he's gonna have to and and he has good takedowns up against the fence, which is what we saw in his last fight. Like even his takedown defense reminded me of Masvidal. <laughs> it was weird. It was like he's like just the just he's like front foot heavy, kind of a tight high guard. Leans his chin slightly to one side like Masvidal does. Same thing when he's up against the fence. He's got that kind of casual look on his face, and he's and yeah. it's, it was weird how similar he was <laughs> to him. Um, almost as if you go into a gym and you've got you watch a young kid. And you can see the coaches like you can see Masvidal's his favourite fighter. It was almost like that. I mean, you see, you see it right. Um, Mm. um, You see it in uh, brothers for sure. You see it in brothers, and you see it in coach. Well, look at the Diaz brothers. Yeah, I mean, Dean and Adam Adam throws his right hand exactly the same as as Dean did. And Jimmy has coached a couple of things into Josh, and you're just like, that's Jimmy. Yeah, but you know, it's it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, but that's. Yeah, I, I would. I'd be interested to know if he's a fan of Masvidal because there, there are just so many similarities <laughs> in his movement, stance, and posture, and that head kick was was very very impressive. I'm excited. I think that might might be one of the show stealers on the mm. fight. That and the co-main yeah, event. Yeah. That and the co-main event. Which way are you going? Are you taking? Uh, are you taking uh, Lopez I'm going. Or? I'm going. Uh, Yanez. I think he's a touch. Um, I think he's a touch sharper. Yeah. And I think. You know, like we said, I think he's going to have to deal with some wrestling and, and, and basically get him off him. Mm. But I think he's a touch sharp and he could light him up with his hands a bit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Heavyweights. <clears throat> so this was interesting watching this because you've got Taito Avasa just coming off that win over Stefan Struve, who's a tall, long-range fighter that actually would rather grapple. Yeah. And then Dontel Mayer's last fight against Rock, is it Rock Williams? Was like a how like you, a how are you gonna say this? <laughs> like a shorter, more rotund gentleman yes. that exactly. uh you know that would much rather stand Carl and train. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, they've so they've fought the mirror. Yeah, already. Already. They've both kind of got a yeah. game plan in play. I mean you you know what Taito Avas is gonna do. He's gonna do what what Mark Hunt did to every tall person that he fought. He tries to punch their head over the top of the octagon. Mm. So he's going to back him up. He's going to control the center Bam. really well. And then he's yeah. going to come launching yeah. bombs over the top. Um, and Dontel Mays is going to try and skirt around the outside of the octagon and look very, very cramped and uncomfortable and then start to try and grapple with him. Mm. Mm. <laughs> t- t- yeah. It's a, you know, it's an archetype of fight you see quite a lot, isn't it? I, I think... Um, Mayers is a touch more has a touch better movement and a bit more athletic than than a few people that tires fought. I mean, you'd make a great uh, back row forward in rugby, six six and one hundred and ten kilos yeah. and relatively lean. And be a, yeah, be a good good um, good footy player. Is he he's six six? Is yeah. he's the kind of fighter that he's made, he's made to look very uncomfortable in the small octagon at the apex. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you might not know who this is, but before Ty got to the UFC, he fought John Hopawate. Right. And John Hopawate is the single most banned rugby league player in history. (laughs) Is that right? And the last thing he got banned for was sticking two fingers up someone's body in the middle of a, in the, in the middle of a, in the middle of a televised game. He got caught on the bottom of a tackle and just went <laughs> and he got banned for ten years. Oh, I, I mean that sounds Hilarious. like Tyson of Ass's best friend that does right there well yeah I mean, I mean the, the, the videos that he was posting from Fight Island where he pissed the bed from drinking too much yeah he's he, a, just he's, a different type of person entirely he's a he's a funny. <laughs> He's a funny dude, man. He is a he's, he's a very funny dude. Look, we, we before we got on air, we were talking about. I think like he would be deadly at light heavyweight. Yeah. Um, you think he would be the single most miserable person in the world if you made him cut to like light, yeah. light heavyweight? Hundred percent. But um, I, and think... I've, I sort of again without generalising, I've sort of I've seen it before in in rugby players, footy players. Um, if you dropped him. You know, you dropped a few kilos here, the power would stay. Yeah. The power stay. I've seen, I've seen it. So we, we had a... We yeah, had a but hang on a minute. Just before we say that, what did what, what did he weigh in at when he fought Stefan Struve? Do you know? Because I have a feeling it was... Yes, it was. It was 265 pounds. Wow. You've got to get 60 pounds off him to get him to light yeah. heavyweight. I know, but... He's <laughs> not happening. a bit there. He's not happening. What's two, what is 265 in kilo, in real, real weight? Uh, Do I have to get the calculator? You'll have to get your calculator. That's 2.2, isn't it? Yeah. I know everything up to 205, so 205 is 93 kilos. I can't even find my calculator right now. Um, mate, we had a, what do we say, 265? Yeah. Yeah, what is it? 100 yeah 120 kilos. Yeah. There's plenty of space plenty of space in there. Mate, we had a Samoan rugby player who was 120 kilos, really? Alessandro Tualangi. And... Um, Get him on the Volkanovski diet. I mean, he was yeah. two forty yeah, at one right. point, right? I mean, look, he was one hundred and twenty kilos, and he was a good, he was a good player. 
I worked with him and we got him down to between 113 and 115 and he was the player of the year. Yeah. He did, he won the player of the year that year. It was contract year though. Right. So that does tend to motivate okay. people more than uh, more than usual, but the power stayed and yeah, I, I don't think it will ever happen. Yeah. I don't think he would want to do that. And He'd just be so unhappy. But he's not, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not lighting that division up, you know what I mean? He's a big, pro- he's a big problem, obviously, because the amount of power he generates and the fact that he likes to get in there and have, you know any skill I shouldn't sorry I don't mean to um, suggest that he doesn't he's just a powerful human he has no mm. skill he obviously, he obviously has some skills yeah, yeah, he and, he, and he, work, he looks he like he works incredibly hard um, yeah I just think there's some there's some space in there to in, in his defence I'll say this so he's and it reminds me a lot of you know Justin Taffo for on mm-hmm. Fight Island recently like he was 4-0 and when he when he signed with the UFC because there's no one to fight. No. Oh, so, mate, there is in Australia. Yeah, but apparently not at heavyweight. I mean, you look at Ty to Avassi's well, record. Playing rugby. Which, yeah, there you go. So he's got, I mean, his first, what is it? One, two, his first seven fights before he signed with the UFC were all first round stoppages aside from, well, he had a kickboxing fight, which was a second round loss. But everyone was stopped first round. And the last person he fought before he signed with the UFC was James McSweeney. <laughs> right. He's a, you know a, a good kickboxer yeah. and a, you know a, an ultimate fighter veteran, but then he got Rashad Coulter stopped him with a flying knee in the first round. Then he stopped Cyril Asker just over two minutes, and then he got Andre Arlovsky. Mm. So he stepped into the Arlovsky fight at nine and zero, fighting someone who was twenty seven and fifteen. Like this, the the expectations are tied to Avassa, especially given the fact that he was a Mark Hunt uh, training partner, mm. were so high. Then you look at his MMA career and he's 7-0 before he signs with the UFC and you think, oh, well, I mean, you know, we need to up-level his competition. So then he gets three guys culminating with an Andre Arlovsky fight and then you give him Junior DeSantos next. And it was like DeSantos, Ivanov and Spivak. I would would say that the Spivak fight probably wouldn't have been a loss had he not had those two setbacks previously. And I think his confidence took a hit after the JDS fight. Like he, like he was taken down and he was held down and he was frustrated and couldn't get back up, which is not a situation he'd been in before. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think, yeah, you know, no, he had you, three you, bas- back-to-back losses, turned a corner, case. came make back against case. Stefan Struve and, you know, punched his head over the over the octagon. Did, did he did they he still trains with Tyson Pedro? I believe so, yeah. 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 I like their but they crew. They spend a lot of time in Thailand, don't they? Yeah. I, I, like, I, they I like their crew. I follow Tyson. I follow both of them on Instagram. I like... You know how hard this is for me to say. I like their strength and conditioning team. That is very hard for you I re- to say. I really like I just seen clips here and there, but it just seemed very calculated. And I was like, oh, okay, you guys, mm. you've got it going on here. I remember watching a lot of Tyson Pedro's rehab stuff that he was yeah, doing for his knee yeah. and thinking, oh, okay. It's, yeah, it just seemed, you know, just seemed like I was like... hopping oh, on a skateboard and A couple of like little that. bits. I was like, all oh, right, you guys, yeah, yeah. you got that sorted <laughs> out. I like that. Well done. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? I can't remember the the gym or the company that they're using but I was impressed with them hmm. yeah very good oh, good to know yeah I, I think Tai Tuavas is I think his fight IQ is much much better than people will give him credit you for I think so the people surrounded him I just do you? I just think yeah. like the way he moves the way he set up Stefan Struve hmm. like he tested that shot before he threw it to knock him out and you, like most of the time someone that's got knockout power they won't test relies on that yeah, yeah. they won't test it Justin Gaethje against James Vick he tested the punch that he knocked him out with hmm. 20 seconds before he, he knocked him out with it. It's very rare that you see a fighter do that. 
Mm. And like you saw, I saw that with with Taito Avasa. And if you're on the mat regularly with Mark Hunt, whether he still is or you know you just go back to the time that he spent with him, th- there's got to be days when he walked off the mat and he's like, "Why'd you keep hitting me with that?" And Mark Hunt will be like, "Well, it's because you kept dropping your hand every time I threw a right mm. up to the body." You're like, "Oh, you were setting me up for it," and it'll yeah. get so many more of those yeah. light bulb moments sparring with a guy like Mark Hunt. Yeah, how old is he? How old is he? Ty. Yeah, he's twenty eight. I mean, for heavyweights, that's like coming into your prime, really. All isn't the it? time in the world. Yeah, he could have another ten years in this yeah. division and be a champ at thirty eight. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I like him. Unless he keeps pissing the bed, and then they just won't bring him to the hotels anymore. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is. A, you're gonna he have to leave your credit card behind the uh, behind isn't the it? Yeah. behind reception, please. That's all right. Yeah, like, I've 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 picked. Her. I want him. I yeah. Want him, I want him back on the. It's definitely in the his fight to lose. I think. Yeah, I like. He definitely is. Yeah. I mean, Dante Mays has definitely got, like you said, he's you know he's he's got all the physical attributes of a high level athlete, mm. and and I do think that he's got, you know, he, he showed good takedowns and good uh, top control against Rock, and it's 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 not it's Rock Martinez, not Williams. I don't know where that's come from. I don't, I don't think he moves his head enough, and if he doesn't move his head against Ty, Ty will move it for Ty him. Ty's gonna move it for him. <laughs> Ty will move it for him. Yeah. 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 But you know, he also knows what he's up against with Ty Tuivasa. You know, he could be working, clinching, working knees to the body, force Ty to work at a range yeah. that's really uncomfortable for him and lean on the fact that he is taller, like stand high, you know, make make Ty really work to throw those shots uphill. Yeah, so I mean, his, his, his profile said he's 110 kilos. You'd, you'd think he'd be close to 115, 16, probably coming into this, wouldn't you? Yeah. He, he wouldn't want that. Mays? Yeah. Well, let's see what he weighed in at last time out. Uh, yeah, no, he was 162. So he was only mm. £3 below the limit anyway. Um, but then, you know, pace might suit him in this one. It's still only a three-round fight, though, so mm. there's only so much you can do with that. Um, I, I do think it's Ty's fight to lose, though. This co-main event... Oh, my God. Let me just check we're still recording. That battery's going to die soon, but we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Yeah, so this, is, uh, this is going to be... This is definitely going to be fun. This might be the one, the one from the card, mightn't it? Striker grappler, though, isn't it? It's like yeah. old school in that way. Like proper grappler. Yeah, yeah. You could have put this on UFC forty eight. Mm. Still the same, and it's still, still the same yeah, archetype. Same kind it? of thing going um, on. Like Brad Riddell, hard nosed striker, long stance, rounded back, chin down. I don't know how he's not got a finish in the UFC so far yeah. because, like, sitting octagon side here in the. The, the power in his shots. Because he's thick too. Like he's yeah. got, he almost got tie, like tie mm. legs. Like he's got big, thick trunk legs. Yeah. And he's, yeah, I mean, I was sort of going to ask you, like what's going on? And when I watch him, he seems technically exceptional. Yeah. But he's not, get, he's not getting the finishes. He's, from, from interviewing him fight week and from watching him fight, there's an emotion in him that I think does him a disservice. Okay. I think sometimes he sometimes he wants to fight to the point where he just ah just ah, ah you know because like when you watch him holding pads when you watch him coaching you can you can clearly tell there's a you know he's a very intelligent guy there's there's a he's got a real good understanding of the striking ranges and when he's throwing you can see that it's it's well drilled and and skilled so that the the disconnect is the application and I feel like the disconnect is maybe the emotion gets in the way of the thought process. So like say like with someone like Gregor Gillespie, it, the more he gets taken down, the more he gets frustrated, the less chance he's got of keeping this fight on the feet mm. because he's going to be overcome it. Exactly. 
it'll be emotional trying to land those shots. And Gillespie, you've got to think, is coming off that the first loss of his record, which was a bad knockout. So he's not going to want to mess with Brad Riddell's striking. Not a chance. Especially if he takes a couple of those low kicks from Riddell. Mm. And and that, that yeah. lead leg for Riddell is very, very vulnerable to a to a low single as well, because of how long he stands. And then, and then when that when it when the when the elite grapplers decide I'm not having this, I'm grappling you. Like it, it it leaves the strikers a very small amount of space to work in, doesn't mm. it? Because they're coming for him and they'll be relentless. And Gillespie is absolutely relentless, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does. He he changes he changes his takedowns together so well. Oh man, he got slept by Kevin Lee so didn't he, bad, though, yeah. didn't he? Didn't he? But then you look at everybody else he's fought, and he just rolled over them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just rolled over yeah. them. Yancey Medeiros, ground and pound. Vince Pichel, arm triangle. Uh, Jordan Rinaldi, ground and pound. Jason Gonzalez, arm triangle. It's like if he doesn't ground and pound you in the first, you he's going to arm triangle you in the second. Yeah. 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 And and the, again, the, like Brad Riddell is technically very good. I think he's going to have good defensive work on the ground. I think he's going to have good escapes. I think his sub-defense will be good. I think he's going to be stubborn as a motherfucker as well. The more frustrated he gets, the more he bridges to escape, the more chance there is of him giving his back or reaching... Into an I don't arm think triangle. it's a good look. I don't think it's a good look for him. I really like. I loved what man that fight yeah. against um, Ross's Ross Pearson's guy uh, Jamie Malarkey. Oh, Malarkey! It was insane. An absolute war. Insane. I, I, I'd be fascinated. But I don't know if you ever spoke to Mark Goddard about it. But um, I would have thought it was one of his, almost one of his most difficult performances to ref because it looked like it should have been over, <laughs> and then. Malaki would do something that wasn't just like a little bit of a movement. Like he'd double switch his hips. He'd switch one way, sit out, switch back the other way. You're like, how are you doing that? <laughs> I thought like, you were unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you doing that subconsciously? Yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, that fight was insane. And then did he finish it both kneeling? I think yeah. they're both kneeling. Both kneeling, and, and throwing just, punches. Yeah. Loved and they're, it. you know, they're. Malaki's that kind of fighter as well, though. You know, he's a he's a very much yeah. a Brad Riddell kind of fighter. He's like, come yeah. on, then, let's have it. Proper like that. Like yeah. he just he wanted it, even <laughs> when it was like just about to get finished. Yeah. Um, but like, like even interviewing Brad Riddell in fight week, though, he's not he's not talkative. He doesn't like mm. being there. He's not there because he wants to be a fighter because he wants to be famous. He's there because you're paying him money to fight someone, mm. and like he'll fight someone anyway. Or he'll yeah. take your money anyway. Mercenary. But if you're paying him to fight someone, he'll be there and he'll yeah. answer the questions. He's got a beautiful um, <laughs> through like, gritted teeth, like uh, drift right hand. Yeah. Where he, he sort of, he, I think I don't know whether he does it off a jab or he does it off a faint jab, and then he'll drift and then throw that right hand over the top. And mm. he caught um, Mustav Mustavev. Yeah, Mustav. Yeah, Mustav. Yeah. He caught him. He caught him with it and dropped him. I think. Um, but. God, Gregor's mm. wrestling is another level. Yeah, it is. It's it almost like in that, it almost, if your wrestling is another level, it almost swings it to the fact that the your opposition has to do something special because you're going to impart that, you're going to, you're going to get this wrestling game imparted on it and it's, and it's on your opposition to do something special. Mm -hmm. That's how controlling wrestling is, isn't it? Yeah, exactly that. And Brad could do it, but I don't know. He, he could do it. like if So if I'm Brad Riddell coming into this one, if I'm his coach, I'm saying, okay, like, first of all, he didn't fight at all last year. Mm. So the last thing that's ringing around his head, literally, is Kevin Lee's foot. Yeah. So, like, the first thing he's going to think when he gets out there is, I could get knocked out again. So five years, no losses. Five years, no losses. Bang. Big knocked loss. Out. 
big loss and then a like year out. Shattering for your confidence. Yeah. A, well, over a year out. I mean, it was September. Uh, no, hang on a minute. That's the wrong record. Gregor Gillespie. It was 2019. That Yeah. Uh, November of 2019 when he fought Kevin Lee. I wonder why. Like, why? Is he had any cancelled bouts? Uh, no, nothing. No cancelled bouts at all. So I, I don't know whether it was because it's associated with that how bad that knockout was. It could it could have been it it could it could be a psychological association mm. or a physical association. It could have been um, his inability to train properly because of the pandemic. Mm. I, I I just don't know. I mean, he, maybe he just wanted some time off. Maybe he just felt a bit burnt out from that because the expectations of him were very very high. You know, he was you know coming into that fight undefeated at twelve and zero. He was already in the rankings. No, he is yeah. already in the rankings. Oh, man. I nearly flipped back then for a second. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I, just thinking like Brad Liddell, Riddell hits hard, like with like like he's mean, isn't he? Yeah. Like he's proper mean. Exactly. Like if if, if I'm and like he just catches him and it. then suddenly like the like oh. crescendo effect of oh my god it's happening again. Yeah. yeah. And then he sh- then he's shooting from a distance when he shouldn't be shooting and gives Brad an easier job of defending his takedowns because he's shooting out of panic. Mm. It's a pain in the arse if he gets hold of you. Yeah. Like, yeah. if he can, if he can, uh, you know, manipulate him to the fence and even if he has to take like a glancing shot to get hands on his... But that's the thing is his willingness mm. to take a glancing shot, especially when you know someone like Brad Riddell throws heavy yeah. for everything he throws. Like, if I'm Brad Riddell, I'm taking the centre straight away. I'm making him feel uncomfortable straight away. I'm pushing him back bully, like, and I'm, I'm yeah. canelloing him. I'm hitting yeah. him with hard shots no matter where I'm hitting. And I'm fully expecting that he's going to follow one of these hard shots back with a takedown. And if his confidence goes because he's starting to take heavy shots and now he wants to wrestle and then he starts failing takedowns because he's shooting out of panic, that then puts Brad Riddell in a much stronger situation. Mm. And how many times will Gillespie shoot and fail? Like to get his hands on him, that's then comfort zone and he can now start to then flow through. Whereas if, like Brad Riddell, he's able to just completely shut those first couple of takedowns by making him shoot from a distance. Mm. Gives him a better chance to read it and to sprawl. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote Gillespie down. It's fight of the night, man. I'm it is, you. yeah. I, I really like both is. guys. And I just hope they don't kind of cancel each other out because Brad Riddell wants to strike and Gregor Gillespie doesn't want to give him any space to get up. Yeah. So it's just kind of a, it kind of nullifies him. But feels his power and then does get the takedown and then just holds him down for as long as he can. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Cause like like he was he was very aggressive before the Kevin Lee fight on the ground. Once he got somebody on the ground, he would he would be all over. He'd be all over yeah. them. But then, you know, that's that, ingrained in him, do you know what I mean? Is. That's like you're not I don't I don't know. How much of it's hinging on confidence though? Mm. You know? Like he might think, Oh, if I attack this, he's gonna be able to scramble and get back up, especially if he feels how strong Brad Riddell is. Yeah. And he is a very physically strong individual as yeah. well. You've seen that in his fights. He's been able to just throw people off yeah. at times. Hmm. Which way are you going? Um, um let's get let's get Gregor Gillespie back on the yeah. on the wind train. All right. All right, main event. Yeah. <clears throat> main event then. Derek Brunson, Kevin Holland. Hmm. So, what's your first take? What's your pick straight off before we get into it? Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. And we we talked about it. Well, literally, we've just talked about it. The unorthodox nature of some people, which he is very unorthodox and fast and very long. Mm. Three things that sort of complement each other um, is going to cause some problems. 
but it causes him problems in that I don't think I can never imagine him as the champ. Holland. Mm. Is that because Adesanya is the current champ though? Or is that just general? Just the way I just can't, he's too unpredictable to string together the amount of wins he's going to need to be the champ. Okay. Okay, expand Maybe. upon that. Well, it's like, we're, it's like we're sort of saying about the, the herky-jerky movement, although I do feel like he's one of the better ones that has unpredictable, un, uh, unorthodox striking. Yeah. And I think the, the reason I think he's better is because of the other two factors that come into it, that he's quick and that he's long as well. Okay. So he punishes people. He punishes people more when they don't quite get his rhythm. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. yeah. Well, like kind of like Darren Stewart. It was like Stewart. He was struggling to predict what what he was doing, which meant he was catch, getting caught with things, waiting to land his own mm. shots. Yeah. I I, I, understand, I understand what you're saying. At the same time, I think there is a real strength in the, in in the way that he fights, and I think after after seeing him stop Jacare with mm-hmm. ground and pound from the bottom. Like he's got that kind of ball and chain whipping power, yeah. which I think works really well from him being very loose. I mean, you look at Johnny Walker. I mean, I know yeah. Johnny Walker's kind of fell off a little bit, but the the unpredictability and the angles that he was coming at was one of the things that made his game so good. Yeah, the the way he like he used that sling, that like the, like the way your fascia and your muscles like sling across to like w- like move his hips and whip that hand across to knock out Jacare was like. It was weird, wasn't it? Man. Very cool. Like, have you ever seen that before? No, not, from, not from that position. No. No, for no. sure. And not, not to generate that kind of power to make someone as good as Jacare sit back on their heels yeah. dazed. But, but this is sort of, it's sort of what I'm saying. With these unpredictable guys, you'll get magic moments, but are you going to get the routine things that make you a champ? So you didn't get magic moments from GSP necessarily. You had, you know, he was religiously good at the, at the basics. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so I what know. are you saying? So like, I think he'll win this one. Huh? I think he'll win this fight. Yeah, I think, I there's, I think there's enough. Yeah, Derek. Well, there's enough space for him to do some serious damage. I just don't know whether, aside from this fight, whether he can run all the way to the title or not. Yeah. See, like, it's like Derek Brunson's got Derek Brunson's got got power in his hands like we've seen that and we've seen the power in his hands because he's committed to his strikes and he's thrown with everything he's got sometimes it's backfired you know when he fought Whitaker, like he was he was all over Whitaker for the most part of that round you know a couple of minutes and then he left himself vulnerable and ran onto a shot mm. now he's working with Henry Hooft you can see that Hooft's kind of tidied things up and like trimmed the excess yeah. off a lot of his shots lungy isn't he yeah he's, really, he's very lungy yeah. Part of the reason why you know, part of the reason for that though, is because of his his wrestling pedigree. You know, mm. he is he is a good wrestler. He's a strong wrestler. That is the backup plan when his striking doesn't work. But then you know, he came into the Adesanya fight and wanted to wrestle immediately and couldn't get the takedown, and then felt incredibly uncomfortable. Mm. Like you could see how uncomfortable he was, and I I don't think he'd be any less comfortable standing in front of Kevin Holland if he can't take him to the floor. The difference being. If he's able to take Kevin Holland down, he's still not out of danger. Whereas if he'd have taken Adesanya down, he would have been. Mm. So it was like, it was very black and white in the Adesanya fight. It's like, I either take him down and I'm okay, or I don't and I've got problems. Yeah. The Kevin Holland fight, 
I take it's him down. I've problems. still got problems. Yeah, it's just a different problem. Striking from the bottom, brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu under Dave Terrell, who was a UFC champion Oh, as man, well. sorry to interrupt. <sighs> who did he... Did he put someone in a triangle and, and throw some elbows from the bottom? And it, yeah. It sounded like it sounded like he was beating a drum. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember who I can't remember who it was. On, let me see if I can look at his record. He sort of got him in like a half track, like he could just about pop his head out of the triangle, couldn't he? Yeah. And he almost like it was like uh whack-a-mole. He, he pretty much just whacked his head back out of the triangle. Yeah. I don't remember which one it was. He's had a lot of fights in the UFC still. I I I, I like Kevin Holland. I think there's a there's a there's a lot of dynamic ability to his game which I think would make Derek Brunson really uncomfortable mm. like Brunson like even you go back to the Shabazian fight and for the you know for the start of that fight Shabazian was causing him problems you could see Brunson was starting to look uncomfortable because he circles along the fence towards his left mm. and he's like trying to get away from his opponents then he'll lunge in a bit or he'll throw his straight left and then he'll clinch but Shabazian was making him look very uncomfortable until he got to that top position started landing ground and pound yeah I definitely think Brunson's got the ability to, you know, to get the fight to the floor. I don't think he's got the ability to nullify Kevin Holland when he's there. Because Holland yeah, will put himself in bad in positions. Air. He'll invert, he'll attack an ankle, he'll, you know, he'll scramble to take the back. Or he'll strike you from really odd positions, which, you know, if you're Brunson and you're trying to hold him down, if then his main focus becomes just holding him down and burying his head in his chest, end up getting stood up. Yeah, like Holland's yeah. not going to be a per- Holland's not going to tie him up and wait. Holland will be slapping him and hitting yeah. him and attacking. And and, it, and if yeah. if it just gets to the stage where Brunson's just holding on for dear life because he doesn't know how else to deal with it, the referee will keep standing him up, mm. and that every time gives Kevin Holland even more confidence for his and, comfort. And when they're back standing, Brunson lets himself get hit quite a lot. Like a lot of people land, they you know not, he's not always knocking him out, but mm. they you know Kevin will. Kevin will knock him out if he yeah. if he if he lets one of those uh, he, those high kicks head kicks get come through he's gonna get you know it's mm. gonna be a short night. Yeah. The only thing I say maybe in in Derek's favour is he's not he doesn't seem phased. I don't know whether he's been in there for quite a long time and he's been around he doesn't seem too phased about whatever is in front of him. I don't think he's gonna be like, mm. you know. Yeah, may, maybe not. I mean, I think I think he's I think he's. He's kind of reassured himself in his last few fights. He's on a three-fight win streak now, isn't he? Mm. And, you know, he came in as the underdog against Shabazian. And, you know, Shabazian's a long-range, you know, talented striker. Um, But then, you know, the Heinish in the Theodoro fight saw the same characteristics, like he'll circle away and then he'll lunge in and attack. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I like the flow of Kevin Holland. I think a lot of... I think a lot of unpredictables come from that, and I just, I just don't think Derek Brunson's going to like being on the end of his strikes, regardless. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I think it's, I th- I think it's, it's, it's Hollands to win, isn't it? Yeah, I think for so. sure. I think so. Yeah. You know, I mean, Derek, Derek Brunson might have improved again, you know, because he is training with Henry Hooft, but it, it's, it's only going to the, the refinements in his game at this stage are going to be minimal. Mm. I, I don't think I don't like Henry Hooft's not going to give him a kickboxing skill set. Like Derek Brunson's always going to be a, a left-hand power striker that throws that left hand over to and over again yeah. and then clinches and wrestles. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If he hits the floor, you know, keep uh, Kevin Holland tied up and crack him with those elbows because that was the game changer in the Shabazian fight was that that left elbow that mm-hmm. cut him under the eye. Mm. Yeah, interesting Hell puzzle. Holland is an interesting puzzle, isn't he? He is, yeah. 
He is. And it, I mean, so let so let's yeah, let's play a little game then. As you said, like this, if it's if it's not a consistent style for Kevin Holland, who's currently ranked at number ten, let's look. At, look if you go up up to the up the fights above him, who who does he lose to? Like Uriah Hall's up next. Um, I mean, yeah. like you could see him winning that one. I can see him. Yeah, I can see him both. You know, I mm-hmm. can see him getting caught by Uriah's. Horrible power, but yeah, yeah, you can see. I can see him winning. I can that. see him just kind yeah. of overwhelming him and crowding Uriah because he, like Uriah, likes time and space to set up his techniques, yeah. and you know he's a he's a, a, a crisp striker, whereas Holland's a flow state striker, and the crisp strikers sometimes get overwhelmed by the flow mm-hmm. state striker, Danny Gay, Calvin Cater, mm-hmm. for example. Gastelum, I, I I think is an interesting fight for him, given the fact that Gastelum's just lost by heel hook recently. And the fact that Kevin Holland is long and awkward, and like Gastelum does well Don't against guys. Don't you make guys. me pick against Gastelum? I would never. Don't you make me pick against him? <laughs> Gastelum um, had Prast. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see the both of them together? <laughs> no, yeah, oh man, yeah. they're like little clones. Wow, that's some uh, some serious domage between it, those right? two, isn't it? Yeah. There? Like Derek Brunson's next. Then above him, you've got Jack Hermanson, Marvin Vittori, Darren Till, Cannonier, Costa, uh, Whitaker, oh, and man, then Adesanya. Costa's pulled out again. Of course he has. Of course he has. Too much uh, Savion Blanc. Himself a hangover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I get what you're saying. I can actually, I can see him definitely competing with Hermanson, Vittori, Till, Cannonier. Yeah. It gets interesting when yeah, he gets up to yeah, Costa no, Whitaker and Adesanya. Yeah, uh, I see what you're saying. But then, but I then you know story. you go like I don't think I don't think Paolo Costa's ever going to beat Adesanya. I I think he I think he yeah. would struggle generally against Rob Whitaker. But I, then mm. again, I think Kevin Holland might struggle with Paolo Costa a little bit. He might get walked down and just kind of overwhelmed a bit. Mm. I don't know whether I don't know whether Kevin Holland's striking's precise enough, maybe to turn the corner at the very top with Whitaker and Adesanya. Yeah. It's certainly, you know, with with the unorthodox nature and the unpredictability, it does create space to be punished, doesn't it? Yeah. And those guys at the top will punish you, but. As you go through that, man, he's he's a top five. He's a top five dude, probably, mm. isn't he? I think so. You know, he could he should be able to compete with those guys. I think, I think so. he's a rough night for Hermanson Vittori mm. and maybe even Darren. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Well, argue, Daniel. That's what I do. You make a good case. That's what I do. Mm. So which way you go? Holland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll yeah. St- I'd stick with Holland. I can't okay. really see it any other way. If it is another way, it's a very boring is way. I, I, <laughs> I would think, but yeah. Yeah. All good. All good. Nice one. Well, first one. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the fights. We'll see you next time. Lovely.